And we're live. <laughs> Happy dub dub season for all of you who celebrate. Yeah. It's uh, very good to be here. I'm very happy to be back on the show. We, we all missed you. Thank you yeah. for, uh, thanks for not abandoning us. Uh, <laughs> some of us might have been wondering. Because this, you know, is this, is daddy and daddy okay? Are they breaking up? Uh, we're not. <laughs> Kevin's thanks back. to our friends for Figma for filling in for me last week. Uh, that was amazing. Yeah. But just in case, we're all, you know, we're good and, you know, just making you sure You had the we're backup good. in case I escaped again. <laughs> we invited a third party that could mediate this, uh, this podcast again. <laughs> it's our counselor, uh, Mr. Joey Banks. Hello. Hi, Joey. You're Hi, back. Joey. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's so good to have you. It's becoming sort of a tradition. Yeah. Um, having you on Dub Dub Week. I think, was it last year? We did, or did we skip a year? I forget. Yeah, it was. Um, it's wild, but that was a year ago that I, I talked to you both. And um, yeah, I've been looking forward to this day for a while, and I'm, I'm so excited to, to share some thoughts. So great that you've been looking forward to this podcast for a long time. Really, kidding. since last year. <laughs> Every week, he listens back and like, oh, well, I had I full wish, faith I that, I that it would still be around and still uh, still be going, so... Uh, I'm glad I was right there. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of a lot of stuff happened. We don't really have like a plan. We usually go like note, you know, note by note, beat by beat, whatever they, whatever the keynote. We we you know we match the keynote. I would maybe suggest that we don't go like feature by feature that they announced because there's a lot of stuff. So I would maybe suggest we start by talking maybe like how we felt about the event going in and uh, maybe initial reactions or the mood or whatever. I want to talk about like the actual in person thing because I think there was. Uh, interesting and different different from last year for sure uh and then maybe we can go like just platform or whatever and just i don't know how do y'all feel about this does it sound good or do you still want to want to keep it to the to the classic format kevin i this is mostly for you do you want to <laughs> i mean i don't mind format? let's let's give it a try okay. and we'll see yeah let's do it there is so much there it really was my my notes uh it started like somehow thorough and I was just really writing down how I felt about certain things. And then halfway through my notes were just, whoa, whoa, no way. <laughs> and then at the end, I just stopped taking notes. <laughs> I guess it just wore I had me at down. some point like uh, games. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's that's how I felt about little, that part. Yeah. Well, it was wild too. Yeah. I, I feel like we, we had seen so much and then I, I remember having a moment and realizing like, Wow, that was just iOS. Um, there are still so many more <laughs> yeah. platforms to show. Uh, so that's that's sort of how my notes went. Well, a couple of things. So first, I was very excited about this event because there really wasn't a lot of rumors about it. Like it seemed like in previous years we'd ended up getting a lot of like, "Hey, this is what it's going to be," or like a better sense of what the features would be and i feel like we got some this year like the some of the ipad multitasking management but it Mm. was really unclear like what would it mean um and would they just like find another interface for us to like drag app apps around again into split view (laughs) or they think Mm -hmm. about a bigger (laughs) overhaul so i felt like i was going into this with not a lot of expectations that's how I felt too. Um, and it's like as fun as the rumors are, it is certainly the most fun when it's like you're going in with like, I don't really know what they're going to show. Or they've there's been a few rumors, but some of them seem so out there. Like there's no way we're going to have draggable windows on the iPad, right? And then you see it right. come to fruition. It's like, oh, that's really interesting. I guess maybe that worked out. So yeah, I, I really love this event. And um, in particular, just going in with not a lot of 
maybe expectations, but also not a lot of, um, I don't know, things to like cloud my judgment of the event before the event started. Mm-hmm. I, it was funny because for me, the, the biggest rumors or dare I say leaks, at some point felt like leaks, but apparently they didn't come true. But uh, it was things that didn't come, didn't happen, didn't come true. So I think the biggest rumor that's been going on for the, for the longest has been AR, like the reality OS thing. And there were also rumors that the hardware was going to be pushed, but maybe we would still see something software probably uh, at this, at this you know, uh, keynote. And this felt, feels like it's, Whenever they'll announce Reality OS, it feels like it has to be at DubDub, I feel like. Maybe they could tie it to hardware, and that doesn't necessarily have to be at DubDub, but I don't know. I felt, so that was the big one, Reality OS, AR. You think so? Of course. Yeah, it's a new device launch. People always say, like, oh, but they need, like, uh, you know, software for it. Like, New pla- new Apple platforms never launch at WWDC. Like they always launch in the fall, and then the product comes out like the next, oftentimes like the next year. And so what they'll actually do is they'll have a couple partners where they can announce immediately at the keynote where they introduce it, and then they have a couple months to like bring people in and let people like make things for it, and uh, and then it'll come out like the next year and in, in in the spring. Like I, I feel like that's to me at least that's, that's a, fair. that seems like a lock for that. And, and like, why would they like, preview the, the OS before they preview the the hardware? Like, I don't, I don't think that makes sense either. What did they do? I was trying to think back about this situation compared to um, the watch, right? And did they they announced the watch in the fall? Was that correct? Yeah, I, I believe yeah. it was. It was in an iPhone event, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, it didn't launch with a. App story at that point. It did. It was a whole year until no, not for third parties. It was a whole year until they allowed third party developers to what? on the watch the extensions. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely not. I on, so. on, yeah. on day one, no. They had like the no. whole like honeycomb screen with all the apps, and they had the Uber app. Don't you remember? Like there was a, a Verge review. Like, Am I misremembering these apps this? Suck. I remember watching Dub Dub. In being like, okay, now I can write the thing. And that's when I started working on Break the Safe back then. So maybe the WWDC was before the the device actually shipped, but definitely not on, like, I don't think it was on the launch, on the announcement, at least. Whatever. We're already getting into the weeds here. Yeah. <laughs> we should go back, but I'm pretty sure they had apps in, in the announcement. We can, we, can, we can follow this up. Which, like, looking back, which looking back was probably... I don't want to say a mistake, but I think they they put too much emphasis on third party apps for the watch because they all sucked basically on day one. Um, mm-hmm. And except the, the things, safe, except break the safe. Um, <laughs> but if you look at today, I mean, ninety percent of the stuff, at least personally, that I use on the watch, they're all Apple stuff. Really, like uh, yeah. I have a handful. Uh, of third-party apps, but I think they they push too far down with third-party apps. Kind of the same thing happened with TVOS, I think, where it was like yeah. the future of TV is apps. You're gonna like browse Airbnb on your TV, and it's like, yeah, no, like that's not really <laughs> what we want to do. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I wonder. I mean, obviously, games are going to be really important for the VR headset, but I don't know. I, 
I don't feel like that's the primary driver, like that it has to be at WWDC. I think it's more about announcing the hardware and the vision for this new platform. And then they figure developers will, will, you know, they'll, they'll rush to like support it in the best way they can after that. And then all, anyways, that was the delay. So if anything, I was just hoping that reality OS or, um, whatever the name Apple chooses, uh, would have been shown now just so we could, uh, just so we could stop focusing on that same render that's been out there for like three years of what these goggles might look like and we could actually move on with maybe some more realistic images. But yeah, I I think that's, whenever it comes, that's the most exciting part where it's like, watch the watch in the beginning. um, Do you remember how tied it was to social features? Yeah. And, you know, and now like putting it out in the market allowed Apple and I think allowed all of us to see like what it was really useful for, which was health. Um, and I think that will be the most yeah. interesting part of, of whatever this product or, or this feature looks like um, is just trying to figure out like what the market does with it. Um, and right now it seems so Agreed. it seems so interesting just because we don't know where technology is. We don't know where like, you know, uh, they might be headed. And so, yeah, maybe this fall. Um, if so, I'd be pretty excited for it. But there is still a lot shown yeah. today. Um, way, way more that, that really blew away my own expectations. The the second thing rumored that didn't pan out uh, was a Mac Pro announcement, and that was a big shock for me. At, at the last moment, until the last moment, I was waiting. At some point, I was like, "Oh, they're going to have the one more thing." You know, I haven't seen that since Steve Jobs. Day. Nope, nothing. When they said there's a second computer <laughs> with the yeah. M2 chip, I was like, "Aha! This is it. Now time for Mac Pro." <laughs> I was like, "How about yeah, MacBook seriously. Pro?" No, 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 not the real MacBook Pro. <laughs> like the MacBook Pro, that old one with the touch bar. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I was ready to feel sad for my XDR. Uh, but no, I'm still very happy. So, um, <laughs> I mean, no one in their right mind would sell their XDR. Absolutely not. not. Anyone, right? No, I mean, no I don't way. think you can sell them for very much money anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, if only, well, if only we could find out. But uh, no. Uh, so anyway, that, that was that was my tension of like things that didn't. That we're great podcasters. We start by talking about the things that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd also start just by talking about the event itself, like the anticipation or the leading up to it. I I have to say that um, so this year they would have an in person event, a small in person event, based on information that was yeah not leaked, but like from what we could gather would be. Like people would be invited to Apple Park and they would watch the keynote there. Not live, but just the same keynote where everyone's watching, but just there in their theater or whatever. Um, and it felt very like a very small, private thing, just for a handful of, of developers. In reality, like I had a lot of friends there. It felt like Twitter, the whole Twitter was there. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like a small, private little event. It felt like, oh, this is the dub dub energy that you know we used to have back in the day um and big dub, dub major energy. fomo <laughs> big dub, dub <laughs> i was just about yeah. to say it was definitely and it was definitely large enough to give me fomo from afar so um yeah. wh- whatever that metric is i think it hit <laughs> uh definitely so the, the um, a lot of people went and even the invites like it felt like they, there were like several waves of invites going out right because i saw a lot of people on twitter say ah i didn't you know couldn't get in didn't get an invite and then maybe a couple of days later they got in and then it just, yeah, it felt like it was a big thing. They had like an outdoor seating area thing with a big uh, stage. Tim Cook was there. Um, 
So it felt it felt cool. I don't know. I don't expect Apple to like keep this uh, this this format, right? I, I think they want the big like San Jose, the big theater, the big conference center uh, thing. I I don't know. I just get that sure? feeling that Apple loves that. I don't know. I this feels like the sweet spot for me because once COVID hit and the pandemic hit and they switched to this all digital format, like the production values and the way that the actual keynote happened, I prefer it. I think it's way more engaging, way more fun to watch. Um, And so part of me would be sad if we would go back to just in-person event. Um, This feels like a sweet spot, (laughs) but I don't know it. Even though I just said there was a lot of people there, I still don't think it holds as many people as they would want to. Um, so I don't know. How, how do y'all feel like? Do, do you feel like we're going to see more of this or would we move back to in-person only event? Yeah, I, I was not to take us back, but I was thinking like, why, why did the MacBook Air launch at this event? And something that came to mind was, well, this is kind of the first um, hands-on press event that is, that's been there in a few years. Right. Um, and it was really interesting and, and kind of nostalgic to see a lot of photos on Twitter of people uh, sharing like, hey, this is the new MacBook Air. It feels really good. Or, you know, um, the different comments that were coming out. And I think also for that reason, I was surprised not to see the Mac Pro launch. Um, but I mm. I don't know. I, I, I'm with you, Rafa. I really liked the I love the recordings. I, I think the production value is incredible. Obviously, I think they've pushed the entire industry forward on that. Um this does feel like a really unique way to kind of bring them both together. And it seems like the entire community yeah. felt really excited to be there um, or for those who were there, I should say. But it was also from afar, like as someone who wasn't there, it was pretty cool to see photos of people, you know, I know in real life having fun and, and enjoying it. And it seemed at least from afar safe and, and pretty well. Um, yeah. I, pretty well set up from Apple's part, which is, I, I guess something we would all expect. Um I would be sad, I think, if the production level went away and if it were all just kind of keynote uh, speakers again. Yeah, I think this is it. Like, this is the the sweet spot that they found, at least for WWDC. It seems like so much less of a hassle for them than, like, having to find a venue and, like, having people read the tea leaves of, like, when are the big, like, conference centers booked and stuff like that. Um, yeah. It's, like, all on site. It's, I think the keynote will stay, uh, like uh, just a video. What I can't expect, and I actually don't know, maybe that's the reality of what just happened, and I just don't know because I haven't checked Twitter. Uh, I could see like the state of the union being in person in that auditorium that they have. Hmm. Um, and then just bring like a handful of developers, and then they can have like a random kind of rotation and then do a lot of stuff online that seems like a, a great sweet spot that doesn't require as much space and as much like preparation and they still have i mean according to our all of our twitter timelines like the amount the same amount of press and goodwill that they would have had just like doing the bigger in-person conference so that that seems like a win-win all around for this one and let's say on this last thing on this is just from a pure selfish standpoint on this, if one day I managed to go, I would prefer to visit Apple campus than, than just like yeah, some random conference center somewhere built in the seventies or whatever, you know, like this feels, this feels like the best experience, like the, for an Apple developer, an Apple fan, this yeah. feels like it's good. You get to be there and, and be with the, you know, people who work there as well. They're kind of like, you know, they're kind of like, 
taking us into their home for a week. Uh, so it's nice. Uh, cool. All right. So I I feel like I've never been to a dub dub. Uh, the closest thing I've been was like I was in San Francisco during WWDC. Uh, yep, I've the same thing. thing. I, I uh, yeah. when it was in San Jose, I I lived near that area, and I I, I didn't have a, a ticket to go, but I, I just went down there and, and walked around just to see what it was I like. See. And there wasn't a ton you could do, but um, saw some pretty you know pretty awesome people and walked past uh, uh, Marquez Brownlee, which was which was fun. Oh, nice. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, was he carrying uh, his giant iMac? He was. He was actually. IMac he was. He was getting into a taxi, um, <laughs> heading heading out, and he had so much luggage with him, um, and I'm sure his iMac Pro was in there. Um, but yeah, but he has I mean, a, that robot arm, like walking with him to carry his stuff. No, <laughs> totally, totally. Um, yeah, okay. I, I remember too, like the very first time I got to San Francisco, uh, I went to, I walked by Moscone Center, and I remember having that thought, like, wow, this is where. Uh, it was such a you know a nerd yeah. moment, but it was like wow, this is where a lot of things have happened, right? But I definitely agree with you. Where it's like Apple Park is set up, at least from the outside, it seems so well to welcome people, you know, to sort of like guide the mm. experience a little bit, um, and it just looked beautiful. Uh, it, it looked like a really incredible event. Agreed. I, one day, I feel like I've never been close to, uh, closer to to finally going than now because I felt like before I was like well. I could not afford ever to do this. And then secondly, like, well, I don't even work, like at work, I don't work on iOS apps. So no way that my employer would pay me to go. And now it's like, well, maybe I could afford to go. And maybe my employer could also maybe, (laughs) maybe next year. We'll see. (laughs) Love to go one day. Um, Cool. Should we talk about uh, Announcement. Do do you want to go like iOS first, or do you want to talk hardware first? Or how do you feel like? Like what's what's? No, what's... I think personally, maybe we don't go feature by feature, but we could go in keynote order for like the big categories. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's do it. We are sponsored this week by Zeppelin. They are back, uh, and they wanted us to tell you all about flows. So. Zeppelin have noticed a trend with designers that are trying to explain their design intention by adding arrows, lines, shapes, and a bunch of other extra layers to their Figma files. And look, we've all been there. But that approach makes it difficult to edit and make changes. Every time a screen is added or removed, all the lines need to be redrawn. Flows are a fast and effective way to create and outline user flows and journeys. Designers can use flows to connect screens in seconds and map complete user journeys, showing not just a happy path, but all possible paths and behaviors. All you need to do is add the screens you want in a flow, then add a connector, which will snap into place to connect screens or design elements. You can even add a label to clarify edge cases or error paths, and that's so important. As you publish new versions of your designs, your workflows and connectors will get updated automatically as screens change. Here's how it's different than doing it directly in Figma. Doing this in Figma would be super time consuming and really difficult to maintain. So they've added additional features, groups, boards, and flow previews to help further organize flows. And uh, these tools are dedicated and purpose built specifically for the kinds of workflows that designers typically have to do. 
So groups can cluster and name a set of screens and flows. So for example, if you're working on a login flow or a payment flow, maybe onboarding screens, you can use groups. Boards uh, are like folders or tabs. So you can organize by specific product features, uh, dev teams, whatever is best for your team. And then flow previews, uh, they show you what the next screen in the flow is. So you get an idea of what's coming. So if you want to learn more, simply go to zeppelin.io slash features slash flows. You'll be able to learn all of these new new features and see how they can help you improve your process and design better interfaces. So check it out. Our thanks to Zeppelin once again for sponsoring this show. And uh, yeah, level up your, your designs with Zeppelin. All right, let's start with uh, iOS. iOS 16. Uh, so much here. And the first thing they started with was probably the biggest. It was uh, 36 minutes dedicated to iOS 16. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. This was definitely but. the one I was most nervous about uh, of everything just because... Um, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. I So I, I work on the iOS kits for Figma, um, and I got started on the iOS 16 one a few months ago, actually, uh, just to try to get as, as far ahead as I could now. Um, and a lot of that work like involved just trying to maybe place some bets on what might change. Uh, I was hearing some lock screen rumors, so I tried to stay away from that, but... Things like table rows and messages, even, I, I kind of went ahead on. Um, but yeah, it's always nerve-wracking when you see these announcements, right? Because everything could change, and you're like, oh my gosh, I just two months of work is useless. <laughs> um, but thankfully, yeah. I think it's still, it's still, still going to be okay. Yeah, from, from, uh, with, with the exception of the lock screen, which is yeah. uh, substantial, is massive, um, and there's a lot of also new like sheets and stuff yep. in there, which is quite interesting. Um, it felt like the existing stuff didn't. It didn't look like it changed much at all. But the, you know, it's only when you start screenshotting and you actually pixel comparing, maybe you'll see some stuff. Um, the yeah, copy and paste. I, I was happy for you. Is now white. Yeah, yeah I noticed that. Um, black to white. Oh, I, I, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yep. Where can I see that? They mm. uh, they were showing it when they when they were um, talking about. If dictation. you go to the iOS 16 page and scroll yeah. down to the intelligence section, you will see. <laughs> so okay so ios 16 they started with the new lock screen stuff how did you feel about it it was um that was surprising uh not in a negative way but like just a really surprising apple move um to lean into customization and also to lean into those uh <laughs> those typefaces that were chosen as well um again not a bad move and and probably an overall really good thing. Uh, I think it'll just bring a lot of excitement. But yeah, I was not expecting that level of customization. How about you? Yeah, it, it seems like it's kind of the evolution of what we saw with widgets and mm-hmm. people really customizing their icons. And like it's it's a, bringing a lot of that look. Yeah. Um, we saw a lot of people doing the date widget with some of these fonts in widget smith and it seems like someone was like great like let's do that with the lock screen um i'm not gonna lie though i i think a lot of these options don't look good (laughs) for me personally 
I like I, I'm just like looking at these and I'm like, which one would I choose? And I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I definitely like had a moment of like, is this feature for me? <laughs> Multiple times, I think throughout the lock screen portion. Um, but I think if anything, just inferring, it feels like this confirms maybe some always on uh, items in the future, especially with those yeah. widgets on there. So fingers crossed. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think the typography is really interesting and I love how it's blending with the photos. Um, and some of the transitions that they were showing are pretty incredible. Yes. But it also got really complicated pretty quickly, I think, with um, being able to swap out your lock screens to also initiate different focus states. Um, I don't know if you both saw that, but that was Wait, is it really the other way around, though? That you See, change I'm already your focus <laughs> state and then it will just change your lock, what your lock screen is. I think that's the... That would make more sense and, and probably as They right. said they, you could tie specific lock screens to, to focus states. Right. Kind of yeah. the same way that you so can I, change your home screen based on your focus states. So if you now have widgets, but it would be nice. It would be nice if it was a two way. So not only right. automatically if you switch to work mode, your lock screen changes, but also if you quickly change lock screens, you could also turn on, let's say, work or focus or sleep mm. or whatever. Yeah, um, I see. For, my first reaction to this was that uh, well, they started by saying you know the biggest redesign, rethinking of lock screen, and I was. Surprised, uh, but I mean, but not so much because the rumors. But but I was like, all right, let, let's see what this is. And then I think at, by the end, I was a bit underwhelmed. But yeah. how much it actually changed, it was not that much. Um, but then it just started to make a lot of sense. Like a lot of this customization thing, and even the look of like having the the clock, you know, like the, some kind of perspective or depth with with your picture. We've seen that in WatchOS as well. Mm-hmm. And if we take a look at like a lot of the customization story on iOS seems to take a lot of cues from watchOS, including widgets. Widgets are just complications, you know, just but for iPhone, kind of. Um, and so and this felt, felt like a lot like that. Uh, one thing that I, it kind of annoys me uh, on on the, um, I don't know what they call this watch face, but whatever watch face you have that does this effect, it only works with pictures taken with portrait mode. And that's, mm-hmm. the, they get the depth data to do that overlay of the subject with the, with the, with a clock. If that's also how they do this, it's going to be a bit, um, a bit disappointing for me because, like, my best pictures, the one I would, the ones I would like to highlight on my lock screen, are not taken with my phone, um, and there's no depth data there, right? Sensor there. So I hope they also just can utilize some kind of machine learning and some kind of, you know. They do this with with like when we could copy a subject from a photo, right? When they copied the dog or something. So I hope uh, I haven't installed a beta. I hope I hope that's something you can do on on this. Um, so I, it's interesting. I'm not entirely sure this is like a complete win. We got a lot of the same elements there, uh, with the exception of widgets and moving the notifications to the bottom, which is also interesting because it feels like. You can only see one notification. Yeah, time, right. <laughs> I'm yeah. just gonna like come out and one? say this. I think this is like the notifications at the bottom is the Safari of this year. <laughs> 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 like it's really, really weird. You you compromise a ton, a ton to get that extra tiny bit of uh, readability. I don't know if you are looking at the the screenshots of it on Apple's homepage, but so mm-hmm. the first notification, you get the full notification. Great. The second one, they show you get a message, right? 
and they put the name like at the bottom, like it would be on the second line. So you can see the name of the person who messaged you. <laughs> and then a tiny bit of the text, like, because usually it's like the first line is the name and then underneath is the text. They put them like on the same line to cram stuff in in the half screen notification that they put there. And then the third one is just six more from whatever, like the different apps. I think to me, just looking at this, I don't even have this on my phone. I'm looking at this and I'm like, this seem- just seems like a bad idea. Like, you're just like trying so hard to make it fit down to three. Why? Why? I get that some people want to see their wallpaper, but like, really, this is, it will frustrate me every single time I have to see that second notification. So it's really interesting. I, um, miraculously, the, the beta installed, uh, just as I was hopping on with you both. And <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm playing around with it right now as we're talking. And I think, so it seems like the reason behind this was to allow for more widgets on the lock screen, which makes sense. Um, what is actually really nice is that you do see that one notification, like you were talking about, Kevin. But as soon as you scroll upwards, everything looks like it previously did. And so you have all of your notifications there just as before, but it it's really complicated, I think, to know, like, um, because I'm seeing a few notifications here, they came in around the same time, but they're in a different order than I would have expected. Um, and it's also really kind of confusing because as soon as you scroll up, you see a header that says Notification Center showing everything that's below that almost. And so it's it's odd to know like what is a notification versus what is in the notification center um and it's unclear like exactly what happens to your widgets i think everything just scrolls Mm -hmm. up but if anything i'll say that they did at least do a great job with the animation and it all feels really really fluid um but it does just feel again like a, a things are competing widgets are competing with the wallpaper which are competing with notifications and um i think we're gonna see some iteration here yeah, it, it feels like it's different teams or different PMs kind of pushing for different things. Like you, somewhere, like someone in, internally wants the yeah. start of the show and the stock screen is, is, is customization. It's your picture, is your style, <laughs> your thing. And then the notifications team is like, but wait, we need to yeah. show you notifications. Eventually we're just going to see uh, like that, widgets take on more and more and notifications take on more and more. And eventually they're just going to converge at the middle. <laughs> yeah. I also wonder if like WWDC, I wonder um, how many different teams find out about other teams or other work of other teams on this day, right? <laughs> right. And maybe maybe this yeah. is one of those examples. The, the the widgets on the lock screen team is like wait notifications are at the bottom <laughs> totally what did you <laughs> I thought do? we were at the bottom <laughs> yeah it's yeah. interesting too like um, I'm playing around at least for for today and you know beta one the yeah. the time is is quite different and so you um, that previous sort of uh, thin version of San Francisco is gone and it's a very bold version of it um, and I think it's that's really the only version of San Francisco, as far as I can tell, that exists. Um, there's San Francisco rounded, but it's also pretty thick. And so it's just a really big departure of like the lock screen language that I think we sort of have come to know, you know, since the original iPhone. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time coming. I think yeah. it's time for something new. And the fact that you can customize something and you're not just stuck with whatever design, it's, it's probably a good step forward or a step into branching out into different styles i am curious uh and since you have the beta one installed now maybe you could test this out we've seen i've seen at least three different 
transitions or animations between the lock screen to the home screen. I've seen one where it just blurred the background, the, the, the image used in the lock screen. Um, I've seen that crazy animation with the world, like, you know, Earth yes. um, space thing. Yeah. I'm assuming that's like very custom. Like it's just the built-in ones. I don't expect you to be It's able very to. good though for what it's worth. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, they look awesome. But it's kind of like, remember remember those, I think they're still there, that wallpaper that would like, the circles that would move with your... <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, oh, yeah. know those? Yeah. Was that I was seven, actually? You know Maybe what, Rafa, been. I'm, I'm in the settings now, and I think this is the first, uh, they're, they're not there. I'm not seeing live wallpaper. Um, oh my God, this is it. And so, <laughs> Death of the finally, circles. <laughs> I think they're gone. <laughs> So I was wondering, like, if there's more customization also on that front, like going from lock to home screen. Um, yeah. I wonder, but we can find out <laughs> later. <laughs> we don't have to do it like live. Yeah, it's it's yeah, a little it hard looks, to tell. Very interesting. I, I think it's it's mm-hmm. sort of confusing, honestly, because um, right now you can edit the lock screen from the lock screen. And so, like, if your phone is locked and you unlock it with Face ID and you press and hold, you'll go into an edit state. Um, and then there's the ability to customize it, but it doesn't seem like you can really edit the wallpaper from that version um, unless you create a brand new uh, screen or a brand new lock screen. And then you can go into settings and go to wallpaper just like we all have been. And then it seems like from there is where you would actually go to edit the wallpaper, which is interesting. Um and so it feels like more is going to come here uh, because right now you're seeing like your your two you know your home screen and your, your lock screen, as well as the ability to add a new wallpaper, which is sort of like adding an entire new view. But um, for what it's worth, there are some pretty cool. Oh my gosh! Uh, update breaking news. Um, there is a section <laughs> called <laughs> collections, and on the very right hand side, do you want to know what is there? Mm, yeah. the circles the circles they're still there <laughs> oh my gosh they, all right so the the reports of the death of the circles were greatly exaggerated they uh, see another year <laughs> <laughs> um kevin on the on the landing page for the, the thing on the there's like a, a thing the, for the notifications that that transition you can check out on the on the ios 16 uh, website where uh, on the the lock screen section, the, oh, the bottom that's left that's uh, that's section. Uh, yeah, and last thing on this that I want to bring out, talk about, <laughs> it's the live activities that felt promising. That 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 looked cool. It feels like it completely takes over the notification section. It feels like, um, or maybe it's just optimal screenshot <laughs> state. <laughs> um, so we've seen examples for live sport updates. You know. Wrong audience, maybe. Uh, I mean, I don't know, uh, but I, like, I couldn't really uh, relate to that. But then we saw some something from Uber. You could yeah. see like the the status the, of your of your ride. Um, they mentioned that the um, the, the the now playing uh, widget. It's also going to utilize that that new UI. The, um, they call the live activities. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm thinking, you know, I'm trying to think ahead and like how can third party developers utilize this? Um, just like give me a better UI for timers or something like we have a lot of little first party you know os implementations on the lock screen like timers and like the now playing screen maps exactly so i've maybe this is one way to unify all that and open it up to third-party developers um it would be great to get some better integration with the system than we currently have which is nothing really yeah i love how do i feel about this 
Yeah, like, yeah. I'm very skeptical about the other notification changes, but this I love. I think this is such a great idea. Allows apps to provide much richer experiences. It'll be interesting when two apps, like, compete <laughs> for that spot, basically. Like, I'm not sure which one wins. But if I can just see mm-hmm. my Uber Eats uh, status on my on my lock screen, <laughs> I think that will be amazing. I was also thinking flighty. It would be awesome for flighty that, like, on the day of your flight, mm-hmm. I can see, like, hey, this is the gate that I need to go to and, like, all the information. Uh, I can see a lot of use cases for this. I think this is going to be amazing. I just hope that third parties actually do take advantage of this. Because this, even this uh, sports example thing, this is, I assume, a native uh, integration. This is not like an NBA app working. I don't think. So, so what I'm trying to say is, do we did they, they actually mention that this is going to be available for third parties or no? I think, I think so. so. I think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, okay. it's always hard to tell okay. with these things, though. Um, they I mean, seem wait, so wait, no, Uber. Uber was there. <laughs> yeah, right. and Starbucks. Uber was there. Oh, so, there right. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, what else? Messages. Messages, yeah. I think, was just a list of like well overdue features. It didn't seem like there was anything that was super groundbreaking, although I find it really interesting how they're blending dictation and typing. I really like that. Mm. I found that reminiscent to On the Watch. Where like I can mm. I can type or I can dictate or I can sw- like I can move freely between different modes of in- entering text, um, and I feel like I can see myself using this more now than in the past. Um, so yeah, I'll be really curious to to try this out. But other than that, I was like, I don't think I've seen this. Yes, like please, I've seen it. <laughs> These are features that are very necessary. I. I just wish there, I, I still have a like a laundry list of, of like wish lists for messages that I feel like Apple is still behind. I actually don't know if this maybe they implemented this. I haven't checked, but like, I would wish you could swipe on a message to reply instead of doing that mm. like long press and reply. The thread UI is not it. I don't think. Um, sorry about that. Uh, there's also like just the 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 reactions. Like I think it's time for some new reactions are better ones <laughs> totally. um the the whole like send with effect i think it was cool but totally not discoverable and totally again they haven't updated since forever um although it's interesting i don't know if you saw uh vitici uh, tweeted that when you so if you double if you long press on a message and you do the undo send um it has like a cute little explode animation um mm, that's when, cool. you, when you do that uh, so it's like, oh yeah, it's, it's kind of like the the effects thing. At least it's probably using the same metal engine. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I, it's I think it's still a long way to go for messages, like just to just to compete with existing messaging apps. Um, so, but it's it's good improvements. Markets and red, like thank you. You know, I'll take it. That's that's a big one. <laughs> so excited for that one. I, I think the um, the. The UI or the interactions for editing editing messages as well as undo send were really cool. Um, and so when you edit a message, it goes from your blue bubble that has been sent, and then it goes into like an outline of that blue bubble mm-hmm. um, where you, where you edit it. And then it just, uh, nothing really changes except a quick edited uh, label goes next to the delivered label. I thought that was really nice. And then the, the undo send, it's kind of unclear, but I, I think think what happens is it completely disappears and so 
it doesn't look like there's any sort of trace of uh, Joey sent a message and, and he retracted it, mm. um, which is kind of interesting as well. But um, yeah, I think, gosh, Mark is unread. That has just, that's going to be <laughs> like, they could have dropped that for messages and maybe a couple of reactions and I would have been super happy, but excited to have all three of these. So just one small little footnote. I noticed that on their website, they say that users can edit or unsend a message for up to 15 minutes after sending it. Mm. So it's not, you can't go back on a message and a conversation and like delete something or edit and just, uh, I guess, gaslight someone <laughs> that way. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Uh, in other news, you will get, finally get the new maps in the Netherlands. So congratulations. <laughs> yes. Bravo. Maybe you can also uh, get biking directions in the next uh, three that years. I, Joey, can you check that for me, please? <laughs> yeah. Can I get biking directions in Amsterdam? I, I need that. Um, <laughs> so I actually, I for the new maps, mm-hmm. I suspected that was coming because I saw uh, twice. I saw like some person with an Apple Maps, uh, you know, the camera backpacks thing you know that the whole apparatus when they're walking around with the 3d camera mm-hmm. um so i saw one at at the at the park close to close to my home and i have to admit that maybe i stood there for a bit longer than i would have <laughs> <laughs> trying to get in the shot um so maybe i will be on the on you know in in, in wester park don't be creepy um <laughs> but yeah so it's, it's great news uh, how do you all feel about those um, I guess we saw it closer when when we talked about CarPlay, but like the the 3D renders of like especially when you were driving around um, that style, which is uh, how how do you feel about that? Because I I've talked to some people, um, Bryn, we were talking to Bryn earlier, and he really is not a big fan. Feels a bit off. Um, I love I it. Know, how do you how do you feel about that? I like yeah. it too. Yeah, I think yeah. It, it feels I, I, great. It, it's sort of video gamey in a way, in a way, but I think it it like mm-hmm. looks really nice, and I feel like it's a huge improvement when driving. Like getting that extra yeah. level of detail is really nice. Um, so yeah, personally, I, I I really like it, and I think the I mean we should get into it, but the CarPlay section I think was the oh coolest gosh. part of this entire <laughs> keynote. The- um, so, it yeah, feel, I, I just thought of this, it. but it feels like that 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 style, the 3D blocky video gaming style. It feels like it's the same world as Memoji, right? It's like if the Memoji <laughs> lived in a 3D world. That's <laughs> yeah, how it looked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can talk about CarPlay. That was, you know, we were, we were talking about hey, Apple wouldn't uh, announce the reality OS before hardware, but they kind of did that with the car. Whatever called yeah, it. Yeah, holy uh, shit. Car like, OS? <laughs> this is definitely what they intended for their the actual Apple car, for sure, right? Like, there's no way. Like, this is it's so cool. Be. They wouldn't dedicate this amount of work, time, resources, I think, just for car play. Especially yeah. when it's so, I assume, so hard to collaborate, to talk, to communicate with all of these you know, car manufacturers and there's everyone does it their own way. And I, I bet Apple is trying to like give them a spec, you know, your touch screens have to have this latency and have to whatever. Um, so it feels just, just before I even talk about it, cause like, I feel like it's important for us to frame even the conversation at the end. They said this, we're going to start announcing cars with this car play at the end of next year. So they're going to start announcing cars that will ship with this at the end of 2023. So I don't think it's a 
uh, reach to to imagine that these cars will ship 2024, 2025, maybe. So it's a long way to go. <laughs> and I think it's important to frame the conversation. <laughs> We're not going to use this tomorrow. Um, but it's still, it looked really, really good. Just the one question. Do you feel, do you think that some of those renders that we've seen, especially the one with a super long, like wide, single display in the dashboard, do you feel like that's based on an existing car model? Yes. Is that like a, uh, an idea like a, joey's you know. the right person to ask about this <laughs> i believe it's okay, the, joey, new, the new mercedes e class um the all electric hmm. one features a screen that's sort of a cross panel like this and it was really interesting to see these designs because i almost felt like what we were seeing was the absolute maximum um for a situation right i mean most cars might have you know of course uh, a screen as a head like just above the steering wheel right as well as maybe a center console and perhaps like i believe uh land river um has two screens there and so we saw like a, a version mm. of that and then we also saw the screen that goes from complete right to complete left and i think that's even present in the new um uh porsche uh tycon is that what it is um mm. i always forget Tycon-y, that the, the, the new electric porsche um yeah. and so it was really interesting, and this section actually excited me a lot because dashboard design is incredibly hard, um, especially like this, and especially when you're moving 70 miles an hour on the road. I, I was t- chatting with a friend, and it's a little conflicting, right? Because a lot of this UI is now moving to screens, and that's just maybe our future. Um, I, I'm a car guy, and I love the feeling of knobs and switches and knowing where things are, even if they dynamically change based on like a setting, but... It is really interesting to see things going completely digital. That said, though, like just an incredible job from what we saw. I mean, so many different types of, of gauges and so many different types of layouts. And for such a complicated thing and, and for it being this early, I thought that was really impressive. The amount of customization and options and different ways to design all of this was just incredible. Just looks so cool. And I feel like if I... I looked at the lock screen options and I was like, I don't know. I can find maybe one of these that I would like with this. I was like, I like all of them. Like I would change probably every day. <laughs> they just all look cool in their own way. It's just, I was mind blown by this, by like the amount of work yeah. that it seems like they put into this. It just doesn't seem like, the kind of investment that they put into CarPlay until now. <laughs> it's like, it's been oh my gosh, yeah. fine, but yeah. like, this just seems like, okay, no, 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 we're, we're, we're serious about this now. Um, so yeah, incredibly curious to see what kind of cars will come out with this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely seems like this is Apple sending a clear signal to Tesla of like, we're on to you, buddy, like with this, where I think they can have a strong, uh, uh, competitive, uh, offering with that. And if I were a, one of these like car companies that are partnering with Apple, I'd be like very happy that Apple, Apple is helping me here. I wonder what kind of deals they have. Um, that being said, there was one sort of quote that they had at one point that said, uh, 79% of people would only consider a car with CarPlay for their next car. And I was like, 
I don't know where you're getting your numbers, Apple, but these have got <laughs> to be wrong. Like, there is no way, like, no way that they just is. asked random people at Apple campus. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, let me question the validity of that data. Um, but man, does that UI look amazing? It yeah. just seemed. It made me feel sad for almost like the rest of what was announced during the conference because it's like, this looks so cool and so fun and the level of quality is so high that I almost felt like some of the rest of the announcements were kind of like, uh, okay, <laughs> you know, that's fine too, and I guess. Fact that it's What's really interesting is um, trying to understand what parts of this are going to be powered from the phone versus which might be from the car. And it seems like a lot of this is coming from the phone through an integration through the car um, as far as you know pulling up what settings are available like what what comfort settings what um, uh, what what actual informational settings but the fact that that is all being powered from the phone is really incredible um, and I'm I excited hope the, to see that the, the gas level in the speedometer are not powered by the phone <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. we used machine learning and we saw that you stopped at this gas station so i'm gonna assume you have 40 percent left. <laughs> yeah that is a good question uh, actually yeah i didn't think about that i assume it's got to be like you know this is not going to be supported by all cars right it's probably going to be new cars being developed now with you know partnership with apple so i feel like these especially electric cars i feel like the the the, the computer already has these these sensors like these this data right it's already all digital anyways so the data is there just now they just need to work to make that available to apple and for to carplay so i feel like that's that's where they're getting it i want to be i want this to be a tight collaboration in integration with a car i you know in a car more than ever i need to trust this <laughs> right and and i usually do trust you know apple and and the way they you know the way they do things but let's say let's use for example home which is where it's an example of like when apple can't control the whole story so apple is dependent or whatever like these smart home accessories uh, tell them right and let's just say pretty flaky right like it's, i don't trust those a lot <laughs> um so in the car i feel like that's I want this to be a very tight partnership um, with the car manufacturers. I have to say, now I wonder what this tells us about the future of the Apple car project, right? Like they're giving so much, uh, quote unquote, away, uh, right, to these other car manufacturers. If they're serious about shipping a car and if they're serious about competing with, with the Porsches and the BMWs and the Mercedes. By the way, BMW was interesting, like was an omission from that logo wall so i don't think this is coming to any bmws um so if they're giving so much away i wonder what this tells us about that that project like are they kind of cancel it and i don't know just focusing I mean, on that the, car is never coming out isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah it's been it's not looking great that's interesting that they were they were absent from the wall um because i noticed yeah. in the render uh or in one of the renders uh, is when they were featuring carplay it was a BMW that was used, um, and there's like a distinct BMW safety circle button thing that that they use, and and I noticed that there, and so I wonder I wonder if that partnership continues or maybe I just missed it. You, you might Don't not quote have, me on this. You know, I actually check back. Yeah, okay. I 
I think it's safe to say, though, I would totally, uh, I would totally buy a car if <laughs> for this reason, right? <laughs> like Are you this, part of those seventy nine percent of people? I was. I was. No, I was uh, if I were pulled, I would have been part of it. Um, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough project, though, and it, it's it's. I, I wonder, like the crossover between. Um, I mean, really, like designing for Apple Watch and designing for CarPlay, right? Because you're taking something that's long been physical, is long personal, like to the manufacturer, right? And trying to introduce more of a standard UI across. And it's got to be a very hard project. Anything else on iOS we want to talk about before moving, let's say, to Mac or watchOS, I guess? I forget which one was next. Uh, update, Rafa. There's There are no uh, biking directions, at least from what I'm able to see. <laughs> oh, my God. Real time follow. I'm so sorry to be the person to break uh, it to you. Uh, that might happen later, though. Guess. They sometimes release them like later on. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, new Kevin. home app, I guess, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got really excited when they said it, and then they showed the app, and I was like, okay, no. <laughs> uh, I think it's a slight improvement. I, I don't really buy the, like, entirely rewritten i feel like there's a lot that seems like the old home app in this um so yeah i'm not yeah sure okay, i mean it, to be honest if if we had had a like a wish list or predictions the episode right definitely on my wish list would be fan favorite every year it's on my list redesign home app because mm-hmm. it's just so uh well first i use it a lot right and and i it it <laughs> I always struggle. I can never find a thing I want. I try to use the favorites or whatever. Um, navigating between the like the the like home screen and the different room screen, it's cumbersome always. Uh, so the the fact that they unified everything into one single screen, I you know I say this without using it, so you know jury's still out. But it feels like a good idea, and they just kind of have like the stack of the different rooms which you can collapse or expand. Uh, and I think the smart thing is that they, they do group certain devices by category. So at the top, without having to scroll to the to the right room, at the top you can just say, show me all the lights or just show me all the, they say, like security stuff, like, which is like doors and cameras and stuff. So I feel, I have a sense that that's going to be good. I still really uh, am curious to see if they touched the control center integration because that's, a big way at how I use or how I interact with with the home, um, so it feels nice. I feel like we also lost the individual room background photo, <laughs> which I used a lot and I kind of liked. Mm, yeah, um, but I think we we're going to lose that. Um, no, I think we can still that. Yeah, but well, where? Where would you see it? So on the home, you have all of the. It like separates it out by all the rooms in your right. house, and then you can tap on the names to just see the. Oh, we can navigate room. And then I on see. iPad, there's in the sidebar, you can navigate to each of the rooms. Oh, I see. Okay. I missed that. So you'll still, you have, can still have those. Got it. I'm definitely with you, Rafa, though. Like the home app, it, it's, I've started using it more this, this last year. And, you know, visuals aside, the biggest annoyance definitely seemed to be like the, the architecture of it, where it's like you can see your favorites and by default, everything new that you added became a favorite. And so that got messy really quick. And then, it just felt so hard to change room to room. And if you had to do something very quick or if you're walking, you know, uh, throughout your house at night and you needed to like turn on the light, it just took a while. And I'm really excited to see mm-hmm. that everything is a little bit more or the, the information architecture has been rethought just a bit. And so I'm sure we'll see some iteration on this, but I, I'm, I'm excited to see that 
information wise and and what you're it just seems to make a little bit more sense here um agreed so we'll we'll see i'm glad that things are happening right if anything um, because for it just yeah. the home app has not been touched in a very long time and so just seeing some movement here i think feels pretty good i think there's also potential in the fact that not every what do they call it tile or control have the same size um right. like there's i don't know if that's all like automatically done by and updated by the system if that's the case also potentially problematic because if like the light switch is not always on the same place and i have to kind of find look for it and find it that's potentially problematic but I, I will have to see i don't know if that's customizable or not but i like that like different things can have different weight and not like my tv and my tiny little corner light bulb have the same weight visually it, it feels and it rely only on that tiny little icon <laughs> Uh, that feels right. Yeah, right and, now it uh, seems also a bit they, random. I have one light that has a big tile in my entire house. <laughs> All the other ones have small tiles. I don't know why that one light, but I, I think I would be okay if, like, just after a couple of days of usage, it, it, the app kind of knows what you interact with and maybe when. Yeah, that'd be great. And maybe then highlight the the, the right ones. Uh, but like, I would be annoyed if those things keep changing, <laughs> changing places. Um, so we'll see. What are you going to say, Joey? I was just going to say, I, I'm eager to open up the home app on the beta, but I'm also really scared to open up the home app on the beta because I think, I feel like things always go wrong, right? And you put so much time into like organizing how everything is. And um, maybe that's a beta too. Joey, it's uh, going to break. It's going to break. I know. Just, it's going to break. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, my, my usage of the home app uh, skyrocketed. Uh, it's probably the app I use the most now. Ever since I got a baby, and my baby monitor oh, is a camera with HomeKit integration. So, like, right now, I'm looking at a baby monitor, you know? Like, so it's uh, always on um, getting to that camera and and also terrifying that, like, like, having smart devices in the room where a baby is sleeping is terrifying. Because, uh, <laughs> like, you accidentally tap on a thing... And it turns on the lights, and then the baby's awake, right? So, like, it's just everything is way more important, um, and they need to really work, which I guess is a good segue into Matter. We've heard uh, something about Matter uh, after, I think, they announced it, like, two years or three or whatever at WW as well. Um, so, Matter is going to be a new protocol. Uh, we have uh, Google and, and Microsoft and, I think, Amazon. They all you know they're all in it to make like a standard for all these smart devices to comply to and then it works with everything and setup is super easy and whatever so i'm super into this um even if just for the fact that i have and i i know of a lot of devices that uh let's say like this 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 little smart curtain thing i have um it's a small company small team which is very common in these like smart home devices thing. Like a small startup is doing this one thing. Um, HomeKit doesn't have a lot of adoption. So if they're going to prioritize uh, adoption and support, they're going to start with Amazon probably, right? And then Google. It depends also on the country and the market. Um, so like right now, they don't support native home integration, uh, but they've already promised they're going to support Matter because then they just have to comply to one protocol, right? So this, I assume that this... Once it rolls out and once there's some adoption, we will see a lot of new and existing smart devices that didn't have HomeKit integration all of a sudden 
support uh, that, like, like Nest thermostats, right? I assume they're going to work uh, uh, natively. I hope. But so anyway, it was it was it was nice that they've mentioned it again, just to remind us that the project is not dead, and hopefully there's some steam. Also, it was mentioned at the Google I/O as well. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm excited. Me too, for sure. Yeah, I, I think just movement in general feels really good here. Um, I feel like matter is a, this thing that's always coming. <laughs> it's always like almost. It's Kevin, right it's there. Gonna like, it's it's going to be here really soon. There's people, they're working on it. Like the products are almost there. <laughs> almost. <laughs> never. Never actually get there. So I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. That's fair enough. But, uh, but I got my fingers crossed. Cause yeah, I think beyond that, I mean... There's a lot here, and, and like you said, I, I think there's a lot of just new like dialogues and new pop-ups and new ways to interact with maybe existing things. Um, and I'm excited to sort of poke through and see what is new versus what you know sort of feels the same. Um, but it, it, it's just exciting, personally, as as someone who loves this stuff a lot. I, I think it's exciting to see like how we are starting to interact with different areas um, because the complexity is, is getting so high, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, maybe a simple example of that is, is now the um, there is a shortcut to open spotlight on iOS and that's, that's always present now mm. on the home screen. Um, and so where the, where the dots are, you just tap that and that brings up spotlight. Um, and can you still swipe down from the you can. middle of the screen? Yeah. Okay. Thank God. Yep, that's still there. The transition <laughs> is remarkable. It's really great. Um, and everything else nice. feels generally the same, um, but I'm excited to poke through it the next couple of days. Is there any visual hint that you could tap on those dots, or did I miss it? Yeah, actually, there's there's more than you would expect. There's uh, a search icon as well as the word search, um, which for Apple Below and the, the home screen. Uh, it, it's, so let me, let me see. I only have one screen. Um I'm going to add another one that part. fast. Okay, yeah. so when you navigate to your second screen, you see the dots briefly, and then it goes back to um, the magnifying oh. icon, icon with search. I and see. so at, it's like as you paginate, it's present, um, and then as you tap on it, you're taken to spotlight. So That's it's another, yeah, it's another like, feels like another language thing where they're only presenting information when you need to see it, but if you didn't know it was there, you might not ever know it was there mm-hmm. um so we'll see but stuff like that i, I think is really interesting i guess I, I do want to mention something before moving on to something else is uh the family sharing like the photo library thing um it's a big you know this is the syracuse feature but it's, <laughs> it's a it's a big one that especially again you know uh, babies and stuff but i feel like now we have <laughs> the, the 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 concept of family has definitely changed and, and so now more than ever i feel like it's a pain to have to share all the pictures with my wife or the pictures of, of our son um and also like if i make any edits or something i'm, I'm the person who goes and crops the pictures and like gives it a, a, a light edit or something <laughs> and then it's nice that like my wife who doesn't have the patient or whatever doesn't really care about that can still benefit from that stuff from like my uh, obsession. <laughs> um, so it's nice. I, it, I still have a couple questions. Um, so they say that you can, sh- you can share uh, your photo library up to five people. I assume in your family, like iCloud family group, um, but you can only, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you can only have one 
family li library, right? So I can't have, let's say, one shared with my wife and then another one with, let's say, my my mom or something, right? It's 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 one single family library, right? That you can add to. Is that is that correct? Because I think you only have one family. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I have like different people in my family, right? So I could share some with. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't feel like I can do that. It feels like an unknown. Um, I, I thought okay. that how they were thinking about the entire feature was pretty interesting. I don't know if you had the same reaction, Rafa, but the uh, the ability to automatically share based on location was pretty cool. Um, that was felt, genius. Yeah, it felt really innovative. Like if you're if you're on a trip, or um, and I'm sure all of those will be geotagged in the right way, and and uh, yeah, stuff like that is is pretty awesome. Just trying to think ahead a little bit, um, but it's a good question. I mean. Even if you do have multiple families, right? Like that—that's a pretty important thing. Um, yeah, my my secret family in my right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, come on, Apple, think of us with secret family. <laughs> uh, no, but that that feature was was genius. Which uh, I assume it's like some of the same um, inner works of those uh, recommended like sharing suggestion things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean, like. You know, they assume that like, hey, I've seen that you, you and your friends have all been out in the park this afternoon, and you took a couple of pictures. And maybe I can go as far as like, and I can see that they are in the pictures, right? So why not sharing? So I feel like that's that's cool. I kind of want that, not just with family members, right? Because on my iCloud family, it's just me and my wife. Um, so I'm, this is only going to work really if I'm like out with her. Uh, but I would love to have this also with more people. Like if I'm out again, let's do the same example. Out in the park, a barbecue with friends, mm -hmm. and then we all took a couple of, uh, pictures. It would be fun to have a little prompt, and maybe that is the the sharing recommendations. Maybe it's just the same thing, but that would be nice to automatically add that to to my library. Uh, yeah, if if this can get rid of the like at the end, uh, whenever me and and my partner like go on a trip or do something, and we take a lot of pictures. At the end of the day, we always have this thing where it's like, all right, that's the the airdrop moment where we airdrop yep. back and forth the pictures, and <laughs> then you know it never works. And then, okay, all right, reboot your phone. Now reboot your phone. Okay, like turn it off, turn it on, try again. <laughs> if it removes that, I think that will absolutely. Yeah. Will you? Okay, now I'm curious. Will you have the sharing to the family library on by default or off by default? Is that even a setting you can have on? That all yeah. your pictures are in the family thing? Yeah. Oh, that would be off by default for me. Yeah, there was a there was a shot in there. I don't think anyone wants to have all the pictures I have on my phone. That's just a lot. They were showing the camera and there's an ability now at the top. Um I don't think it's there yeah. yet in the beta, but you can see if you're actually taking photos that will directly go into that library or if you're just taking photos for your personal um camera roll. Um, and I saw a few tweets that were like, yep, that is never going to go wrong. And I think your impression <laughs> is correct. Um, but it's you, in might, yellow. you might be taking private photos of gifts, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, you know, they did it. They managed to add one more button in the camera UI. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> impressive. Just that alone this is impressive. Is, it's really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited for iOS. There's so much here, and it really does feel... Um, it feels like a lot of niceties have finally... Or are, are continuing to be paid attention to. And I think... I don't know... Um, I don't know if you had the same reaction, but one thought, that, one thought that I had when I saw improvements to focus modes in general was 
this is Apple just iterating on a feature that they previously announced. And I feel like that happens so less often than we might like, right? Mm-hmm. Where something is put out there and it maybe exists for a few years and uh, it might a new feature might impact it, therefore it's iterated upon. But just seeing this sort of next thing and and new things coming to existing things that were recently announced, I, I thought was pretty great. Yeah, I agreed. Totally. Should we do, I mean, next up, I think it was watchOS, which I would be okay kind of skipping, uh, not because I don't think there's anything interesting, but just I think there's other more interesting things. Uh, there's <laughs> just a feel? couple things I want to run through with the, okay. with the watch. So one, did you see the pagination indicators next to the crown in the workout app? Yeah. So yeah. cool. <laughs> Okay, I don't tiny think little I, detail, but I don't think I caught that. Um, yeah, on on that uh, workout app, when you're in an active workout, if you load up the Apple.com page for the new versions of, uh, of WatchOS, there's these like paging indicators at the bottom, but there's also some paging indicators next to the crown that show you that you have like multiple pages that you can scroll through. I just thought that was neat. That was kind of a different take on the paging indicators um and yeah i think it was clever and i really appreciate the extra information they're packing into that that workout app i think that will make a big difference Mm -hmm. um second thing i wanted to call out is there's a lot less new watch faces than i was expecting maybe yeah um hopefully we're gonna get more when the new watch comes out in the fall um Mm -hmm. so i'm hoping that they're waiting for that but like Really got to get some more watch faces and hopefully more uh, digital watch faces. We have enough analog ones. Uh, it always takes me like an extra five seconds to read any analog watch faces, especially when they put so much stuff on them that you can't see anything. Um, so I want to see more watch faces. Uh, although the the ones that they've introduced seem, seem nice. Um, and what else? Oh, the medications thing was pretty mm-hmm. cool. I thought, like, lots of people have like lots of med- medication to take. Uh, and I know, for example, like my parents set set up li- a literal alarm like on their phone for stuff like medication. Um, so having a better interface to track these things, uh, I think, is is really cool and is going to help a lot of people. So agreed. I yeah. it really plays nicely into the whole health story that they're telling with this device um and it's it's one of those things like i i'm surprised we didn't do this earlier or even i thought about it earlier <laughs> it's, it feels like so you don't need a new sensor or something to get you know it's like yeah notification yeah we should yeah like a glaring emission kind of but happy to be here um by the way on the watch faces it feels like you can now change the background color for a lot of the existing watch faces mm-hmm. so i to use the example of the modular which is, has been just the black background, but now you can change it. Um, yeah, I think I I, I love the, all the features they added, especially to a running workout. All that those new sensor, not sensors, but all those new metrics that they're able to calculate, pretty impressive. Uh, and you know that when they show like the the, the graphs and like exactly how, they're kind of like flexing how they calculate those things, you know, it's cool, right? Like they <laughs> they wanted to highlight how they did it. It's cool. Um, so it's great. Uh, just the fact that, like, it could if you go on out on a run and you're um, you have a lot of like new options to to track your run, like intensity uh, intervals or like the the heart zones, uh, heart rate zones. Super cool. And I love the fact that they can detect if you're running and 
like a, a course that you've run before, they can, you can like compete with against yourself, like your past yourself, which is super cool. And yeah, I, I remember when I started running for real and the Apple Watch was always just a little bit behind uh, Strava and, and, and Garmin Watch and some of those aspects, but I feel like they're catching up. Like it's, it's pretty impressive what they're doing. Um, but with the actual watch OS or Apple Watch in general, I think it's more exciting when they introduce new hardware with new sensors, mm-hmm. right? That's Absolutely. probably what we're going to hear a bit more about this story. Um, but so far, feels like it's a good improvement. Um, also, sleep tracking slightly better. Now we have all the, the, you know, the RAM or the core, the deep, just to have more information. It feels like, okay, now it feels like as a sleep tracker, it can compete a little bit with <laughs> dedicated ones. Joey, what's your what's your take? Yeah, I mean, I was just scrolling through the page, and one thing that I'm impressed with uh, with this new update is um, actually within the workout features, how much information they manage to put on these. And like Kevin, I, I, saw, I see these pagination icons that you're yeah. you were talking about earlier. Um, that's really cool. And you know, as far as just seeing how you're progressing in your activity rings and seeing many of these graphs and comparing different zones, it's. Um, and seeing like and, and understanding that they have to design these for two different screen sizes uh, at a legible size is pretty impressive, and it just feels like a feat a feat of design and a feat of engineering to not only get this data but to display it. Um, so I, I think personally, like the watch means a lot to me. Um, I have, as you both know, I think I have type one diabetes, and just being able to see different information about that as it relates to my own health um, right on my wrist is incredible and I just I'm so excited to see this continue continue to be pushed forward and iterated on and, and used to sort of um, inspire uh, not to be cliche or cheesy here but just like a general a healthy life um, because it's right there and it's accessible to you is pretty cool uh, and last thing for me is as an Apple Watch developer one of my favorite features of uh, WatchOS 9 is that it drops support for Apple Watch Series 3. Ah. <laughs> oh, wow. Because uh, it was... Uh, so apparently they're still selling it, but it doesn't support WatchOS 9. So that's... Maybe they're just waiting for the new hardware and then it'll drop it from the mm-hmm. line. But, Fingers uh, crossed. Good stuff. Because <laughs> that device sucked. Hey, if we can keep the <laughs> dynamic circle wallpaper, maybe we can keep uh, <laughs> that one around as well. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't give them um, any ideas. <laughs> yeah, no, stop. <laughs> um cool, then what else? then we move to Mac. Yeah. Which, and he started with, with some hardware announcements. Which was yeah. surprising. Yeah, and then we, we went into the Apple Silicon Lab and they then they showed some graphs about something. Uh I wrote in my notes, what's the diff with M one? <laughs> That's essentially the only thing I'm interested in. But it seems mm-hmm. like the M2 is just very good across the board. And then they launched into the they, MacBook Air announcement. They did say, I think it was uh, for CPU performance, was around 30, no, 25% um, more powerful for the same uh, power consumption as M1. And on the GPU front, it was 35%. Yeah, that's. So it feels like it's, nice. it's a good, substantial upgrade, but it's not making, like, if you have an M1 laptop, you don't have to go and buy a new one. You know, it's, it's but it's good. It's I think it's more more of a substantial upgrade than let's say what we were seeing at the you know with some of the latest Intel things you know back darkened ages. 
Um, so it was good. But yeah, we started by announcing M2, surprising, and um, and then uh, new MacBook Air hardware, which was also surprising. Uh, we lost uh, the tapered uh, design, so you know, RIP. That was nice. Um, I still don't know how it compares, like the thinness, how it compares to the previous the model. I just haven't checked the numbers. Uh, but the fact that they did not show side by side makes me believe that it's not that much thinner. But but it's I think it looks really nice. I think Didn't looks, they say uh, that it's cool. thinner or smaller in some kind of way? It's I think twenty something percent less in volume. Oh right, in volume. Than the but previous it's like, one. It's unclear in which direction. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say one nice detail that I picked up on. Um, is that at least from the pricing page, if you scroll down a little bit, it looks like the MagSafe cable is uh, color-matched. It is, um, yeah. Yes, saw that. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Um, it was really <sighs> weird just seeing like the, the Space Gray MacBook Pros this summer, uh, or earlier this spring, I should say, um, have that, that silver cable, so it's a nice I detail. want to be able to take my cable back and <laughs> get a yeah, color-matched one. <laughs> okay, but wait, but wait. We, I assume we all have the same laptop, the MacBook Pro 14 inch mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we have. Do we all have the silver one or no? I do. Oh, well, I silver. have both. But then the, I have the space oh, one. Uh, but, <laughs> but then, like our MagSafe cable is already color <laughs> coordinated, right? It's we have the white silver one, which is the right for our laptop. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, I think it was interesting that we have. So the colors is silver, space gray. You have the starlight, not gold. Uh, and then we have like the color that Space Gray wish it could be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, that's a good way to put it. We have Midnight, which uh, yeah. yeah, it's like a true. Yeah, it's the closest thing to black that we've I had in a long time. Can't wait to see this in person. <laughs> yeah, I think this I, looks amazing. I I think I agree. I think the whole the the new MacBook Air looks incredible. The Midnight is definitely a throwback to the to the original. Um, black macbook and i uh, it, it certainly seems like a lot of fingerprints are going to be on this but it also seems worth it um and i don't know about you but i i <laughs> i breathed a little bit of a sigh of, re- of relief just to see that silver silver is still around um i was worried that starlight <laughs> was going to kind of take over after the latest uh yeah. had mini and apple watch um it's an okay color oh, but there's certainly right. something there just about silver and so i was glad to see it stick around i I think if I were if I were to get one, I would still go with silver. Um, this Pro Display XDR kind of dictated my color scheme <laughs> going forward because I have a big piece of silver, like aluminum, on my desk, so I kind of have to go that route. I am really curious to see the the industrial design direction that they go with the Mac Pro. We did not see it today. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're going to keep the like aluminum black combo and i don't i assume they're gonna drop the whole like weird holes that we have in both the xcr and the existing intel mac pro but i'm 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 curious i feel like that that's probably gonna be gonna dictate like for the next five six whatever years for the pro hardware and then i feel like i could finally invest in something because right now i feel it's very precarious to invest in like let's say silver and then all the new 
peripherals are i don't know pink i wish (laughs) one Um, thing that was interesting to me (laughs) with this because the rumors were talking about all the colors and then it seemed like a couple days before it was like "Eh, like maybe we're gonna get one new color um but the interesting thing is when apple showed the slide of hey here are all our computers the iMac still sticks out <laughs> with its design language. It's like, it seemed at the time where it was like, hey, this is very different, but that's going to be where they're just going with a line across the board. At least that's what I thought of like, they're eventually going to evolve where that family is going to feel more together. It's like, no, not really. <laughs> like, that iMac really still stands out with its white bezel, right? Like, I was thinking, oh, they're probably going to do a white bezel on this too. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. Um, so, kind of interesting there. Like, I, I kind of wish I'm they curious. did, to be honest. Yeah. I wish they did. I, and, and that aesthetic is not for me personally, but I. But the MacBook Air is not for you, anyways. Exactly. The MacBook Air is not for me. It's um, also. I like the idea that they have products that feel like a family together, and I feel like it just right. doesn't right now with the iMac. Um, so yeah, I don't yeah, know. Just interesting. yeah, it is. It's I'm looking at that page right now, or that that image you mentioned, Kevin, and um, yeah, it's especially because now all of the products that are featured there, uh, well, most of them uh, have the notch, right? Um, and uh, of course, the iMac does not. Um, but the white bezel for sure just stands out, as well as that giant chin um but we'll see i don't know maybe it was uh, maybe it was leading the way to, to innovation in other areas that might eventually come back so um i still love the imac on its own but i think it certainly sets separates the the, the entire family apart just a bit i agreed i i was hoping that the this macbook air would be the imac of laptops and follow a lot of that same design language uh even if just the colors, right? Or, mm-hmm. or having colors, even if they don't match exactly, like being having colors, the color options. I feel like um, we see that in the iPhone, especially the like the non-pro models, and I feel like that's pretty successful. I see people like colors, um, even in AirPods Max, which I've been seeing more and more, like in just day to day outside. Um, and I see most of the AirPods Max I see out in the wild. It's not your black or the silver one. It's actually mm-hmm. colors. I see a lot of blue ones, a lot of orange ones. And every time I see one, I think it looks cool. And then looking at this lineup, this this MacBook Air thing, it looks it's just more of that same thing, you know? Yeah. Fine, we got one a darker one, which is nice if you're into that. But I yeah, I wish I, I don't think they could pull off the, the white bezels on this just because of that notch. I think a white notch would be mm, it's like yeah. a slap to the yeah. face, <laughs> really. Um but but just colors. I wish we could we would have seen more of those. Here here's something sort of interesting. Um, I think we'll have to see it to really feel how this uh, feels. But uh, I'm comparing the size and the weight of the previous MacBook Air to the new one, and the original or the the previous one had a height that ranged from 0.16 to 0.63 inches. Right. So with that wedge at its thickest, it was 0.63, and the new MacBook Air is a a, a uniform 0.44 inches across. And so that's yeah. that's pretty significant. Um, yeah, and its overall weight dropped a little bit, and the depth the depth increased just a bit, uh, and the width stayed exactly the same. So mm. um, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I feel like you know, although this is a uniform uh, height now, I think that that decrease in overall thickness might feel pretty good. Um, I love the new definitely an improvement. 
Yeah, I, I yeah. personally, I love the new rounded body. I love the um, the little rounded feet as well. Uh, it just, the, the overall design, I think, is, is pretty stellar. And so I was really excited to see it come to the MacBook Air. This, it was already the case with the previous MacBook Air, which, by the way, they're still selling. They kept it in the lineup. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they're just, they're just trying to hit that, that price point of, uh, what was it, like? $9.99. 10 and- yeah. I don't, even, is it 999? Yeah, maybe. That's what it's at. Yeah. And to be yeah. honest, okay, okay. why not, right? Mm-hmm. Because that MacBook Air, even the, that previous M1 MacBook Air, such a great computer like, mm-hmm. for so many people. Like, I know. I, I, think, I think it's, but it's... <laughs> of all of the computers that they keep around, I feel like that one is just a great computer too like like you if someone could go out like a family member could go out and get that one and i wouldn't even be mad like, like we yeah, have it'll one. be great it's amazing it's not the fanciest it's not the latest hardware design but as a computer it's amazing so you know if you're price conscious why not get that one i i don't disagree with you i think i think that's that's a fair valid uh, take uh just the the skeptic in me like I just don't like that. I know why they're keeping it is just to hit that price point. Their margins at this point has to be like way bigger than this one. And it's like, and it's not, it's that much cheaper. It's just like, it's <laughs> just a hundred bucks cheaper. So it feels yeah. like you could just offer the, this one at that price point if you really wanted to hit that, uh, hit that point. So it just feels like, all right, if you want to keep it, maybe just, I don't know, maybe eight ninety nine something, whatever mm-hmm. the, they, is it it's, only a hundred dollar difference? It is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I take it back. If a family member yeah. wanted to get <laughs> this then, one over the other one, I'd be like, "Here's a hundred bucks, like please." What's even more confusing, yeah. <laughs> I think, is that it's only a hundred dollar step up to the MacBook Pro um, that that sits just uh, just yeah just above it. But one thing that will feel pretty great about the new MacBook Air is that you could have it with twenty four gigs of memory. Um, that's true. that's awesome. That's and for thanks long- to the M two. Right, and for just overall longevity and just working with this, I think that's going to make a big difference. Agreed. Uh, and speaking of that other MacBook Pro, the 13-inch one, the, the non-notch one, they also kept it in the lineup. They've put an M2 in there. Um, if if there's an argument to be made if to keep the old Air around, I think it's really hard to argue for keeping this particular model in that lineup. It just it gets it gets really muddy, and I know what they're doing. They're like, when you're shopping, like if you even start considering like an Air, like well maybe a bit more RAM. Well at this point I might as well get this other Pro, and then well at this point I might just get fifty more bucks and get the the new one. Whatever, <laughs> it's just yeah. they need a ladder, and they need like every step in the ladder, right? You could just have like a two step increase. You have to have that. But, you know, for nerds and, like, designer who, like, clean things, it's just annoying <laughs> to have it. And, and it's got to it's gotta hurt. It's got to annoy them when they have to show you that that picture with every computer in the line of, like, the family of Macs. You know, like, it's just <laughs> annoying to have to put those two in there. <laughs> yeah. Marquez Brownlee had such a great video explaining that ladder. Um, and he was applying the logic to the iPad Air versus the iPad Pro. And it's such a mm. small difference, but a huge difference in um, the storage oh, that you're that. getting. And so I think this is just him cooking Apple applying that same logic to another family of products. Um, but that said, it does look like an incredible laptop. Um, it seems like a really worthwhile upgrade, I think, just for overall longevity. And 
uh, you know, the difference going from seven to 10 cores and 16 to 24 gigs of RAM um, feels pretty significant. So uh, I'm excited to see it in person. Same. Uh, should we, well, I guess before we go, I, I thought, I again, I thought I was going to see a Mac Pro and I thought yeah. that the Mac Pro would have, whatever chip it was going to have, it would be like the ultimate form of the M1, maybe like two M1, what is the top one? Max, not Max, Pro, Ultra, whatever the top one <laughs> like two of them i don't even know if that's possible but i wouldn't expect to see the m2 first because it feels like after the m2 is a thing now it would be a harder conversation to have when they introduce a mac pro with the m1 based chip but i don't so think, I think the mac pro will be m1 i think it'll be m2 see but then usually we see with these chips you get the base model and then like we will Let's just say that whatever we saw with the M1 was like M1 and then M1 Pro and Max, or I may get the names wrong. <laughs> and then we got the the final form, <laughs> the what is it? Ultra? I forget the name. Whatever. Yeah, ultra. Yeah. So ultra. you just kind of you just kind of went up, right? In performance, number of cores, all that. And so, and I assume that of course the Mac Pro is going to have the top of that line, right? So if now we saw the M2, it's like, all right, we've reset the clock. Now we're at the M2 base model again. And then I assume we're gonna have, they're going to introduce the M2 Pro and, and Max, which I don't think is going to be on the Mac Pro, probably in the MacBook Pros like we have now and Mac Mini, maybe maybe the Mac Studio. And then, you know, so I'm just saying that it, it's if we're going to follow the same path, before we hit the final form of the M2, which would go alongside a Mac Pro announcement, I feel like that's a long time. That's a long way to go because it feels like the M- the Mac Pro announcement is imminent because they even teased it at the last event. Um, and the two-year transition period, I think it's running out, right? See, I don't know about that. Um, was it a teaser or was it them saying hey, it's going to be a while before we get to this computer. Just know that we know. <laughs> like, it's coming. <laughs> well, I think it's not verbatim, but it was close. I think they said, uh, and that only leaves us with one remaining Mac to complete the transition. And complete that's the transition to Apple But that's for another day. Yeah. Yeah. So I here's what here's my theory, okay? Is okay. The, the Mac Pro is M2, right? And okay. one of the reasons for that is they're running out of capacity for, for M1. They talk about how M1 can only connect to that like extra, forget how they do it, like they have some kind of mm-hmm. connector in the middle, right? Right, right. They right. can get to that yep. ultra. Yeah. There's no more that they can do. This is what they were like talking for weeks and like weeks. Like an M1 sandwich. They can't, yeah, <laughs> they can't do more than the M1 sandwich. And then everyone's like, hmm, what could they do? Like, could they do mm-hmm. a reverse sandwich or could they do like a, a bunch of different like theories? And, and what it seems to me like is they won't. It's M- M2 is going to be a different one. And maybe M2, magically speaking, has two of these connectors. And isn't it great? We can do a sandwich on both sides. <laughs> and then we can do our Mac Pro. Like, I actually feel like it would make a lot of sense if the, uh, the Mac Pro came out just on the M2 architecture. So it will be M2 
not ultra, something more than ultra. Uh, and then it'll make sense with the progression of how they're introducing these machines. Like it won't be like releasing a weird M1 computer as they're releasing all the M2s. Um, and then it'll solve the problem of like, how do you even create a chip that is better than the ultra because the current chip doesn't even support it. But don't you think that they have to announce it at the end of this M2 cycle? Wouldn't it be weird if they announced a Mac Pro with a super Maximilian uh, M2 <laughs> chip <laughs> and then a couple of months later introduced a MacBook Pro with an M2 wimp, not as good as the other one we announced? You know, I think they have yeah. to follow the... I the, think that, so. That. I think it's it's preferable for them to do that progression and release the biggest one last. Um, also, because it seems like it's a lot more work to do these more advanced chips. So it's probably easier to make the M2 than it is to make whatever v- variant of M2 that they need. Like they Essentially, they need to build all the building blocks <laughs> to get there first right. before they can build right. the dad giant humongous chips. Um, so I think it would make sense. I I don't think they have to, though. Like, I don't think it would be the end of the world. Like, even today, when they announced, like, they said, oh, we have a second computer. I thought they were going to go, like, hey, here's our most popular Mac, and we're also going to show you our most powerful Mac. Like, they, I think there's ways to spin it, but probably the logical way is just go in progression. So from, like, the yeah. s- smallest computer to the biggest. I mean, I've got to say, though, I, I am still... Um, I just for any designers also using Figma, I'm still in the M1 Mac Mini since day one, and it is so so good. And like, I can't even imagine what the Pro would feel like, let alone the Max, let alone the Ultra, let alone this new Mac Pro. Um, there is just nothing that I've done with the Mac uh, Mini that has ever felt slow, uh, and I, I just still can't get over that speed. So. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to upgrading. You know, maybe in the next year or so, uh, just just uh, as as things progress. But I've never been this blown away and this like happy with a computer. It's pretty cool yeah. to see. Good reality check. Cool. Should we do Mac macOS? Yeah, there's a lot here. Yeah, let's start with the most important feature of macOS: the wallpaper. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's unclear if, uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's unclear if, um, if a drone shot will be included, right. And, and sort of that realistic, uh, dynamic wallpaper, Mm -hmm. but I really like the direction of this one. Um, it seems bright. It seems kind of reminds me of windows just a little bit, uh, which I don't know, maybe, maybe it's okay, but, um, it it feels really nice and bright and fresh. And for, for all those reasons, I, I like it. What do you think? It's like it kind of looks like a flower, in a way. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Like I just can't get that out of my head. Um, I'm not sold about the light mode version, but if you scroll down on the page, they have a dark mode, and I think the yeah. dark mode is where it's at. <laughs> that dark yeah. mode looks great. We'll have to include this in show notes, but uh, Nine to Five Mac just released them both, um, both Ooh. the light and the dark <laughs> nice. mode, and uh, the dark one. Yeah, Kevin, you're you're for sure right. The dark one is incredible. It looks really good. Um, I love the the blur that they're introducing here. That feels really unique. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting evolution of the style. It started with the uh, with a uh, which one was it? Monterey, mm-hmm. um, the wavy, abstract, colorful one. Oh, Big Sur, um, right? Oh, Big Sur. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. Wait, which one are we? Big Not Sur, Monterey, and or? then um, Ventura. 
Okay, okay. Wow, El Cap, where am I? Snow <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leopard. Yeah, it, it's it's an interesting evolution of that of that abstract line style, even with the 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 ones they shipped with the the IMAX, right? Again, which is kind of reminiscent of the of the Tiger era. Um, this is interesting. They're they're going back to a, a little bit more contrast in the color, so it's not just kind of as monotonic as before. Uh, I agree that I, the dark version, dark mode version, looks better to me than the than the than the light one. I, I have to say that there's one thing about wallpapers that I it just it's just a, a no go for me, which is I can't deal with my menu bar being black mm, like black yeah. text and black icons mm. cannot and it looks like from the screenshots that the light mode version of this wallpaper uh, does that so it's the 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 top edge is light enough that the, all the the menu bar is is in rendered in black personally i just don't like that so yeah, and, and it hasn't thing. happened in a in a long time i think it, it always defaults to just i guess it's dark enough for the contrast to kick in and, and have the light version the light text so all this to say, I usually just rock the the default wallpaper. Definitely throughout the beta period, and probably a bit longer. I just I just love them because they're they're usually really good. This one I think is the first one that I'm not. I'm probably going to use the the the, the dark mode the dark mode version, but not the default with the automatic switching because that it's a also real time follow up. You mentioned that uh, it's been a while since the the wallpaper the menu bar was black text. Uh, the current operating system, which is Joey Monterey, Monterey, Monterey. has the dark, te- the black text. Really? Yeah. The default so, one. Default Whoa. one. But there's Whoa. different versions of it, right? Like it graduates throughout the day. Um, mm. So, yeah. Oh yeah, Just I wonder if they have that. Saving us they, on, they should, on, right? on a few emails. <laughs> the dynamic one, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but that's a tip. Like, even if you don't like the fully dark one, you can get a version of it that's kind of in between. That still looks light-ish. That has the white text, and that's the superior wallpaper, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and I, that's it from macOS. <laughs> wallpaper. I do think it's always fun to see what direction they go in, and we. I mean, that said, we we forgot to talk about maybe the new iOS default wallpaper, but I think both of them in combination are, are pretty unique, and um, mm-hmm. they're not my favorite overall. Uh, I think it was it was hard to beat some previous ones, um, but I do like the direction, and uh, I feel like this is one that I'm going to stick with for the default. Big Sur was still my favorite, by the way. Yeah, Big Sur is. Such I a think cool Monterey one. is my favorite. I just like purple, though. <laughs> yeah, no, fair. Um, what else came with with uh, iPad or macOS? Seems like a lot, a lot of new things. So, I I want to talk about um, Stage Manager. Yeah. So the f- they first showed you show, showed us the Stage Manager on a Mac, and my my reaction was, I am really excited to see macOS experiment with like further window management solutions, different UI, different interaction models. With that said, I don't think this is like I don't think I'm going to use it. I don't it doesn't seem better than at least the way I used my computer. I also understand and admit that I usually I use my Mac mostly with a large external display, so you know, this is definitely more suitable for smaller screens, I think. Um but with that said, I feel like it's not that 
um the fact that it doesn't seem like you have a lot of control like positioning the window when you're in that mode or even maybe resizing unclear to me i haven't you know i need to play with it but anyway that was my initial reaction like i don't know but i like that they're experimenting they're playing with this and then later when you see it on ipad i was like oh okay this is an ipad feature that they've also allowed you know introduced on mac only when i saw it on ipad it became clear what was happening um you know <laughs> but it's yeah. still it, it is an interesting ui how do, how do y'all feel about this do you want to go first joey <laughs> yeah sure i mean when i saw it on ipad os it immediately clicked but then it just felt like mac os without the fun and i saw someone tweet that exact <laughs> thing and i i totally agreed um i do i mean right now i have 15 windows open and i can only see you you all on top of them right and like I think a better way to sort of manage the, these areas uh, would certainly be welcomed. Um, and I, I like what they're doing. I think everything does work as it expected, where where you could bring a window in and resize it and, and move it around, and it sort of just stays pinned to that sort of location. Um, but there's also just a lot of UI now, like on the desktop, um, as mm-hmm. you're sort of managing that. Um, and I'm, I'm also, uh, you know, for anyone who uses the, the dock on the left side, um, it feels like this is sort oh. of a, uh, <laughs> <Not> <laughs> a goodbye to that. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm excited for it. I think I, even still, it just feels like the Mac has so far to go with window management and window resizing and, and how we're sort of thinking about these things. And, but I am also excited to see some parity with macOS and iPadOS uh, continue. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. What about you, Kevin? Yeah, my first reaction with this was like, huh, that's interesting. And then the more they talked about it, the less I got what it was for. <laughs> so at first I was like, oh, okay, this is when you want to focus on something. You want to get rid of the, all the distractions, right? Because there's one thing that's true is people have all sorts of garbage on their wallpaper on their their desktop at all times <laughs> myself included i have a ton of stuff on my on my desktop that i need to clean out i don't know what it's talking um, about yeah except rafa um <laughs> but i try to like it, it's not a permanent state for me but it's a temporary state i'm often in <laughs> let me just say this um so uh cleaning out the desktop and then be able to focus on a thing so i was like oh, okay and then it's like, oh, but you can also drag multiple apps. So you can still have multiple apps around on the screen. And then you have both the dock. And then you have this side dock, which is kind of like the dock. But it shows like the little versions of the screen and the, of the of the windows. And you can kind of create your own groups. So it's kind of like spaces too. So it's like... I feel like it just got more and more confusing, like the more they got into all of this, and then you can click the wallpaper and then they go away and then the the files reappear and then the way you cycle through the windows in a stack, it seems like is you just click like keep clicking like this one, nope, this one, nope, this one, no, which seemed weird to me, like I would have expected there to be like a hover sort of like I can move my my mm-hmm. my mouse and then it would like help me find the one that i want or like the stacks that you have on the dock yeah you click and expands and click one uh, there's just a lot about this that seemed seemed a little weird like rafa though i think it's interesting to see them explore different yeah. ideas um but i was like are they gonna keep these stacks of windows like on your screen visible on your screen all the time 
Right. Like, I just, there's just something about this that I don't really get. Like, it seems like it's adding yet another mode to do things, but on top of all the other ones that already exist. And so it's, I don't know, it's hard for me to tell exactly what it's for. I think on the Mac, this is a solution to a non-existing problem. Uh, it's a solution to an existing problem on, on iPad, um, which in itself introduces potentially more problems. We can talk about it then when we talk about iPad. But on a Mac, again, it feels like it's it's a solution to like, oh, don't aren't you sometimes working on a Mac and like you have a bunch of windows overlapping, you can't find a thing? Yeah, that is a problem. But mm-hmm. you've gave us multiple solutions to that problem. Expose, then mission control, then like hiding windows and whatnot, and in spaces, and then right. we have a lot of tools to solve this problem. And I think some people just they, whatever they they don't see it as a problem they need to solve. I think it's just whatever they thought they use a computer. Uh, but I think if that's a problem that you have identified as a problem, I think you you probably already fixed that at this point i talk about myself i I use spaces a lot i use just i don't know i have a lot of window management hygiene i i'm i got it you know i'm okay it's not a problem that i feel like oh man i wish apple could solve this um so and even the way that you activate it which is like from control center toggle the thing it it feels off disconnected it's like a weird mode you can get into it's like the iPad mode, right? Mm-hmm. I guess. If you're coming from iPad and at this point, maybe you're already familiar with this from the iPad and you bought a Mac because you want to, whatever, more power, you're not completely lost. Uh, maybe it's a way to tie those two platforms together. But maybe. it's weird because it's not particularly more intuitive <laughs> either. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just different. And yeah, I think your comment, Rafa, on putting it in Control Center feels like that's a mode for your entire computer. Where it's like, yeah. I guess that's what it is. It's just, yeah, I find it weird. It's, it's just very odd. For example, like, this is, again, a problem that they, you wouldn't have on iPad, but you do on Mac. When you're on this mode, they hide all the icons on the desktop. But you see the desktop, right? <laughs> and the desktop is not, like, blurred or anything. It's still there. They just hid all the files from the desktop until you click on the desktop, and then you see the files. It doesn't feel disconnected. I would bet that if this was a feature designed with the Mac in mind, like first, I don't think it would look and work the same way. Uh, it would probably end up looking like Mission Control <laughs> or something. Um, so anything else? We, there's other stuff I want to talk about. Anything else on, on this? Yeah, I, I guess the only thing I was wondering is, like, was this feature created because the other parts of macOS are just hard to discover. But I think the point you bring up about this being a control center doesn't really, if that's the case, it doesn't really help in that situation, right? Mm-hmm. I, it feels very unexpected to go to control center to do something with window management. Um, mm. But it's it's just interesting. Like there are so many ways to do this, but I also wonder how many people are actively using those ways at the moment. Um, so I'm excited to see it evolve. And it, it is, I, it, yeah, it, it's cool that they're trying something new, but we'll see. Okay, now I want to check real quick if the new Airs have a button on the keyboard for this mode instead of Mission Control. Oh, that's a great, uh, good thing to look for. And I don't think they do. <laughs> no, it just, it's still the Mission Control icon. Anyway, because I was going to say, maybe going forward, the, the keyboards would have a dedicated function key for this, but it doesn't look like they do. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. 
we'll see. I, I honestly, if when I install the beta, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to try it. I'm curious enough, but I doubt that'll stick. <laughs> um, I really want to talk about the the continuity camera, they call it, aka user iPhone as a webcam, aka camo uh, Sherlock. <laughs> um, it's, I think this feature is equal parts, great, brilliant, I want it, thank God it's here, as to kind of ridiculous, kind of embarrassing that you even have to do it in the first place. <laughs> um, I'm in a not unique, but I'm in, in a in a peculiar position that the way I use my Mac primarily, I do not have a webcam built in, so I already have have to figure that figure out the situation. Um, so this is a you know this is good, but the way it's implemented, and again I, I need to try it, but from the demos it looks like first there was no setup required; it just knew that the phone was there. Yeah, and I noticed that, that too. The phone itself didn't even wake up. You didn't have to tap the phone or unlock it first or anything. It just worked, which interesting. Uh, I wonder if, like, even for privacy reasons, like, if I'm, let's say that, I don't know, if if I, my, my colleague is, like, on her phone and leaves a desk and if I toggle this feature, if I can, can I see through the, her phone's camera or whatever? You know, You know what I mean? Like, whatever. It was too seamless that now it makes me wonder about privacy stuff. Like, is this that, is this good? Um, but then the way that it could use the ultra wide camera to, for the desk view, whatever they call it, that, that, that was, was wild. wild. The computational, like they probably have to adjust for the, 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 you know, because the the skew, the image would, yeah, the skew exactly, yeah. the perspective thing. When when they I showed that, I, I thought, wait, are they using an iPhone like as a as a desk down camera? And that, yeah, really that's what I sense. thought too. But then when they explained yeah. it and seeing that image, um, that is some that is some wild computational uh, photography and and uh, or video, I should say, and it pretty cool. We'll see we'll see how it works. Um, but I mean, that alone is is an awesome feature for this. Don't even Are you know. trying it? Yeah, I mean, anyways, it doesn't matter for this podcast content. <laughs> I'm like, how did these angles even work? <laughs> like, but maybe I think on on a on a display that might not work, but maybe on a laptop that would, because like my my screen is so much higher than than my desk. But they demoed it on a on a studio display. Yeah. Okay, correct. I'm gonna have Put to try a couple more things because I feel like I can't replicate that. Like, you can't even see my desk. <laughs> when i do this uh just take a picture so uh yeah this is interesting i mean i think that app right the camo app is just a great app and i've i've used it personally for different things i know a lot of people that have used it um it's one of these apps that would benefit a lot from being integrated, right? Like mm-hmm. the plugging your phone and then making sure that it's open and that it doesn't lock and doesn't like overheat and like the, like all these things are just things that Apple can just do really well because they control the entire thing. So I think it makes sense for them to do that, and I think there are use cases for using your phone as a camera i think does it make me hopeful that apple will uh, introduce a significantly better cameras into their their screens uh now i actually am like not very ex- <laughs> feeling good about that but um 
I do think it shows you one thing. Like, it shows you that Apple's ambitions when it comes to cameras on displays, whether they're laptop or external displays, like, those are fine goals to pursue. I think they were just, like, really failed by the hardware that they used, right? Because if they use the actual hardware that is in our iPhones, they can do all that stuff. And that's all great. There's no problem, no issues here whatsoever because it has great source material that they, that they work from. And so I hope, I hope that this is not them just giving up and saying, well, our cameras are always going to suck. And so here, have this stand to put your iPhone on top of your display. But more that it's them recognizing that, hey, look, we can do all these features that we want so much better if we actually have good hardware to match. Like that that is a worthwhile investment for them and they see that as a competitive advantage that they can have against competing products that their cameras can produce significantly better results and they can do new and interesting things that no one ever, ever thought about like this desk view, which I think is a like genuinely interesting idea. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they do more here. I think if they didn't have the desk view, they wouldn't ship this feature. Because think about it. If if they didn't have desk view, all the marketing promotional was like, look, you can look good in FaceTime calls for a change. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Like right. there was, it was really an admission of, <laughs> of how crappy their webcams can be. Because uh, even like center stage, cool. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it's interesting that the so on their marketing materials, you always see this phone mounted on an old MacBook Pro without the notch. So not their new ones because their new ones have a really good FaceTime camera. It's only the old ones that don't have center stage. So now you can have center stage. It's almost like a like a like a feature for legacy users. Like you can have some of the new features without having to buy a new phone. Or sorry, a new laptop, um, and and I think that desk view is like okay. Well, if you want to have desk view, you can use this, I guess. Um, so it's interesting how like they really have to stretch to 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 communicate this to to sell this without saying or alluding to the fact that you can look better because your phone camera is better. Um, very interesting. I I'm personally am very. Uh, I'm very motivated to give this a shot and for this to work well. Like I'm always, I already have my phone mounted on my desk. I wonder if, could I even keep it like on my desk without having to mount it on top of the display? Maybe. So just like rotate it or something. Um, I'm going to look into this and if the integration is as seamless and if it works with every other video, uh, you know, app like zoom and stuff, then it's compelling. They have Um, several examples of it working in zoom. So, yeah, it seems like Yeah, that but that doesn't mean works. that doesn't mean everything. Okay. <laughs> um, what I'm wondering I, I about know. is the lag cuz in none of the like your phone is not even plugged into the computer. Yeah, that's true. That part was really impressive. Yeah. So, I'll be curious so what's the what's the responsive rate of this and is this a thing that like you have to reboot your phone cuz your camera is out of sync? This is my excuse to install the new beta because I need to test it for Hand Mirror to support this. Oh yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, if it's anything like Center Stage, developers will have 
to do something to support it. It's not just built in. So yeah, we'll see. I'll 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 report back. But yeah, there's based on the demos, the implementation feels too good to be true. Like there's got to be a catch. Like I said, maybe it's a latency. Maybe it doesn't work everywhere. Maybe the setup is not as seamless as they made it seem. I'll yeah, jury's still out. But it's also can they make a stand now or no? Or we're gonna have to use those Belkin ones? They don't look particularly good. <laughs> There was a black one that looked better. So I have to MacGyver a new one. I have a <laughs> yeah, black you probably end up 3D printing one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, eyesight. You're dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm really excited to see this. I, I don't know that I'll use it. Um, and I tweeted something sort of snarky that was like, oh, hey, how can we use technology to solve a problem that we ha- created, right? Right. Um, <laughs> right. And then and then uh, uh, GK3, George, he, he replied back and he was like, well, I mean, this is actually pretty cool, right? Because it's Apple being Apple and doing something that only they can do, you know, through a solution that they have. Um, and especially if you're on an older computer, um, this seems awesome. Like if I were ever in an interview or if I had to be on a super important call, this would be a, a really cool thing, I think. Yeah. Um, even and, on a new and, computer. <laughs> even honestly, on a brand even new display. Even brand new $1,600 display, <laughs> I'd use this. Um, but yeah, I think the... Uh, I think the thing that I'm I'm so unclear on is like how much how much of a cost is there really to adding an increased camera and and how much you know thickness is required and all of those sort of unanswered hardware questions that I just don't know enough about. Um, I, I think if anything, this this feels like a good temporary solution because of that. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. Um, it just looks funny, <laughs> but. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see like or I actually think it's pretty cool how MagSafe um, makes this all sort of easily possible. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to try it. I guess same. Uh, another thing I'm excited to try is uh, Fig Jam's Sherlock thing, uh, Freeform. <laughs> yeah, Freeform. Very interesting. Free. It's a good. It's a good name. I think um, it's. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like Fig Jam, kind of like a Miro board, kind of like Muse, which have just released their version of <laughs> their Mac version. Um, they, I think it was initially introduced on iPad, so maybe I'm I'm skipping ahead, but um, but the fact that it's 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 Mac, iPad, and iOS, <laughs> pretty impressive. And yeah, it's like it's like a it's like a just a drawing blank canvas that you can collaborate with other people and add a bunch of stuff, uh, you know. It's it's pretty cool. Looking forward to try it. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's interesting to see them want to play in that space. And I, I think there is a world in which Apple could do, could do a good job at this. I don't know how much their heart is into this. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you say this, but like this first iteration is one thing. Let's let's sing back in a year from now and see. Right, because the pace at which Figma's iterating, making improvements, the way they're in tune to what the design and creative community is, I kind of have a hard time seeing Apple have the same amount of like hustle and care for that product. And maybe I've been burned a bit too many times in the past, but I feel like is this one of these products that you release and you just abandon? 
right? Like, is this because I'm not gonna move all of my all of my work stuff to this thing if you're not really serious about this thing? And it seems like what based on what I'm seeing here, it's like yeah, they have a lot of drawing. But also drawing is probably not, at least for me, not the primary use case. And I see those sad post-it notes and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, did you have has this thing? So anyway, so that's my, my feeling about it. Also, especially that re- relies so heavily on collaboration. How good is going to be that collaboration? Really? Like, I'm not sure. What do you, what do you think, uh, Joey? I, I'm with you. I mean, when it comes to Figma specifically, um, it would be it would take a lot to like move the workflow out of the tool that we all you know sort of use on the daily um i just it, I, I think it's a really innovative feature and i um and i might have different feelings on it if figma if figjam didn't just come to the ipad and if i you know didn't see from the outside like how fast and how hard they are sort of working on that feature or, or working on that entire product i should say um so yeah, I mean, if anything, like it's it's competition, right? And it's innovation, um, and I think all good things come from that. But uh, I don't know how I would use it sort of in my daily workflow today. Yeah, I I don't really think Fake Jam was even in their crosshairs. Like, I, I think this is, I this is not that. Uh, I think Fake Jam is definitely more for uh, catered to teams, design teams, or whatever. And this is not Apple. Don't doesn't really do enterprise software. This is not for work related things it doesn't feel like um so and yeah so it's not going to match uh the pace and the the feature the richness of something like fade jam uh this probably was born out of necessity from their remote uh work thing uh and yeah i think it'll be just fun it's nice to see a new a new app coming from apple um yeah, by the way, we should we should wrap this up. It's getting really, really, <laughs> it's so uh, long, but there's there really like there was so much to talk about for sure. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I wanted to get your thoughts on was the changes to iPad OS specifically with mm-hmm. like supporting an external display. Um, that felt that felt really big and and sort of expected, but also kind of unexpected um, to the level that they they had shown. Um, what do you think? First of all, I saw a white Thunderbolt cable. I, I saw that, that too. From. And I was oh, like, where is that cable coming from? <laughs> yeah. And uh, that cable is longer than like three feet or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I. it was remarkably, visually, it looked remarkably close to macOS when they were using especially yeah. with that uh, center stage. Or, wait, that's not the name. What do they call it? Yes. Stage manager, <laughs> center stage manager. <laughs> That's when you have the windows, but they move around if you move around. <laughs> so it the way it felt like first of all, seeing someone use iPad OS with an external display that was just not mirroring your display in that weird way felt like oh you know it was a big finally moment, but it felt really natural. It didn't feel forced, and it didn't feel gimmicky. It felt nice, especially really i guess this only works if with with the uh, trackpad and the keyboard on on the ipad right i guess if you don't have that i guess you have to mirror the screen right that's actually interesting because yeah if you don't have trackpad or keyboard how would you interact with the external display if it was not mirrored right yeah so good question <laughs> might look into that yeah uh, but yeah having just the dock there two docks dragging stuff from one screen to the other screen um it felt it felt it felt good i 
at this point, honestly, I've been burned enough times with iPadOS yeah. that I'm very cautious. Um, or, or I'm just, I'm just setting my expectations. Like this might be cool. It won't change the way I work. It's not going to replace my Mac. Um, but it felt like an important. It felt like an important piece in the iPad Pro usage mm-hmm. the story that they, they they've been trying to tell for so long, and it feels like there's always something else. And to be fair, I think it will probably still be something else missing, right, in that story. Uh, but it feels like they've been doing. Let me put it this way. I feel like for the longest time, and it probably took them too long, Apple was trying to use iPadOS as a way to rethink, reimagine computing, right? Like how can we use computers and interact with computers without all the legacy from old classic Mac and, you know, Microsoft Windows and all that. And I think it took them way too long to figure out that (laughs) maybe we don't don't got it. Like it's not going to look that different. Maybe we should stop trying to rethink and reimagine this platform and maybe it's time to just adopt some of the good ideas from older platforms like the Mac. And I think today, more than ever, uh, we're seeing a lot of that. Like most of the new features are features that maybe they looked exactly the same on Mac or maybe it's just a reinterpretation of that. But like now you can change file extensions. Like, okay, I'm glad that you're doing that. Uh, that's right. great. Or like customize the toolbar. Good news. Yeah, that was a good idea on Mac. It's not nothing new, but you know, it's, it's good. So I feel like this, they've just been keep adding more and more pieces to the puzzle. I don't think it makes the complete puzzle yet, but it's, 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 there are good steps in the right direction, I think. I double checked and we still can't make a link in notes. (laughs) So baby steps, baby steps. That's literally the first thing that I, that I tried. (laughs) I installed the beta on my, my iPad. So, um, yeah, I think this, I like this idea. I, I think them extending iPadOS to what essentially is a desktop station is a good one. And I think it will enable much more use cases. And I, I kind of like the idea of just carrying around your iPad and then you like sitting down at a workstation and just like plugging the thing in right. and you can do your work. Um, so, and, and it also shows like how their investments in the past few years have been paying off, right? In order for this to, to work really well, you need the external keyboard. In order for this to work, you need the trackpad support. Like there are a lot of pieces that they needed in order to be able to even make that happen. I think I'll be looking for a couple things. Like one, the scaling mode is going to be something right. that I think is going to be really important. Does it feel like everything's really big and really mm-hmm. large? Uh, or does it feel appropriately sized? for what it is. Um, I think it'll also be interesting to see how apps then evolve to support this or not. Like, I think there are some ways sometimes that iPads don't quite behave the way that you'd expect on Macs. Um, And so I think it'll be interesting there to see in this new environment, are your expectations a little different? Um, and then, oh, the last piece for me with this like vision of like just bringing my iPad to a workstation, I, I, I still think that there's gotta be better workflows for connecting w- with like peripherals. 
So yeah. like imagine I have like right now I have a keyboard, I have a mouse, and I have this display. It's like great. Like at least for me, that means they're like currently connected to my Mac. I can take the mouse from my Mac and like drag it over to the iPad. But I'm not sure that if my Mac is like in my backpack or in another room, can I just like go and plug in my iPad and start using the keyboard and mouse? At this desk, it doesn't seem clear. Like, I kind of feel like for me, the, the future is the peripherals should connect to the screen. <laughs> and whatever is connected to the screen, just that controls this setup. Uh, the same way that in a past life where everything was wired, these things would be wired into the screen. And I just plug, I don't know, maybe back then it was more than one cable. But, like, the idea is you plug just one cable and all right, I'm here, I'm in the workstation. So I think there's still going to be a couple things for them to, to work through. But I really like this idea and I can't wait to try it. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that that point you brought up, Kevin, is the one that I was most excited about and always have been with the iPad, which is like, you have this like, you know, quote unquote, uh, panel of glass, right? This magical planet panel of glass. And like, what can it do? It can, you can draw on it, you can write on it, you can do all of these things, you can interact with it as, as a tablet, you can hook it up to the magic keyboard, and, and now you have a bit of a laptop situation. Or you can plug it into a display, and you can sort of like transform your workflow in a way that feels more Mac-like or more powerful. And I think that is definitely the part that I'm, uh, for, you know, since 2010, right, I have been like longing for, like, I can't wait to just have this iPad and like to do everything on it, to watch a movie on it, to read on it to also use figma on it to to do all of the things that i you know need to do when it comes to using a computer it would be incredible just to have this advice this device um and i think this brings us closer but i also feel like they're just those ipad things that still are always going to be there or are going to be there for a while longer right files or um even multitasking it certainly seems improved but it also seems really limiting especially when you compare it to the mac um and so definitely excited to give it a try, uh, staying optimistic. Um, and I'm just glad to see that after all these years, uh, now with the M1, like this, this situation is possible. Yeah. I have a lot of questions. Like what happens if I drag an image to the desktop? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a lot of things where it's like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> Normally yeah. you just expect it puts it on, on your desktop, but this doesn't really have a desktop. So It'll be really interesting how they handle all these use cases. Yeah, uh, I'd be I'd be curious to try just plugging in because right now I use my Mac in clamshell mode anyway. So, mm-hmm. like I think both of you, well, Mac Mini, it is clamshell <laughs> permanent clamshell. Um, yeah, like it wouldn't change much, uh, especially now with with the with the forget the name, not center stage, the stage manager thing. Got it. Uh, you I wonder know, if they're going to the change workflow that would be <laughs> uh, it, the workflow would be pretty close right it, it, it again like the quirkiness of can actually don't have a desktop um i assume the scaling mode like if i connected to the 6k display it wouldn't look awkward using that mode right cuz again if you don't use that mode then all of a sudden it's like the whole the full screen is one app and that's silly um so I wonder, I wonder how how far I, I could go trying to do some kind of work. Of course, I'm not going to use Figma on it, um, but I wonder how far I could go. And also, I don't think it would work with an external webcam, right? I don't think it supports that yet, which is like another silly, not silly, but like it's. Can you pair up my phone is, as a camera? <laughs> 
No, like 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 this this platform is twelve years old. It does as a as a future of computing does not understand the concept of a webcam, right? It's, it's one of the, one of those. It's uh, who said this recently? Like, I don't know. It, uh, iPad is like it's fun until you hit a wall, mm-hmm. and then when you hit the wall, you hit it hard, and there's no like there's nothing else you can do. You you're stuck, kind of. Um, I think Federico, so, yeah, uh, Federico said that in his um, his Mac Stories review. Uh, he, he had switched to, uh, yeah, he switched to a Mac for six months, um, and I think it's exactly right. It's like everything is going great when you're using the iPad, and then you have to do this one thing, and you can't do it, and it's like, ugh, I'm just going to turn to the Mac again. Um, yeah. And so, hopefully, those things will be solved. And um, if I, I feel like, if anything, a lot of this this WWDC for me has just been, Hey, we're seeing like progress on things that are great features and I'm glad to see them, um, iterating and continuing to make some things better. And this feels like one of those for sure. Uh, Hey, is this, is this a good place to, to end? Maybe we'll come back next, next week or something. Yeah. We can be, that'd know. be fun. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm going to watch this whole keynote again and I'm excited to dive in and, and to the, to the UI can and just see exactly what changed. But, um, Maybe it'd be fun to to come back with their thoughts. Yeah, same. Also, you know, State of the Union. I just watched like ten minutes or whatever it was before before, before this because um, we haven't heard anything about fifty one yet. And that's improvements. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. I can tell you, Kevin. You might be happy to hear this. There's a new photo picker, like native SwiftUI f- photo picker now. Oh, uh, okay, that's nice. More things. Hmm. Uh, there also to seems to be a date picker, right? Because I, I saw there's I a new calendar for okay. watchOS, and you can enter events on the watch. So okay, that might you mean I could it. launch a version of Until that has where you can add events from your watch, which would be neat. And I also saw that SwiftUI now has an like uh, APIs to for you to create uh, menu bar apps as well. Ooh, um, okay, so that cool. is really cool. Actually, a new a new window. Hmm. stuff on macOS, which is exactly the stuff I'm working on for Hand Mirror Update. And I think I'm going to rewrite it once again. Oh, <laughs> uh, but if, yeah. So, yeah. So next week we'll know a lot more. So maybe we can uh, come back and talk more. This has been fun, uh, gentlemen. This, um, before we go, though, we need to do recommendations, if that's okay with y'all. Y'all ready? I'm always ready. <laughs> okay, I'll start. Um, so I think we've talked about this on the show I've been for the last like few months. I've been really interested into 3D. Uh, I kind of got into it when I was working on a lot of like interior design stuff uh, and like dabbling with Blender a little bit, and like always returning back to my old love of Cinema 4D, which is like literally the only 3D app that like works the way my brain works. Um, and uh, more recently, like a couple of weeks ago. We were uh, we designed this like internal brand for just our team where we wanted to have a logo and like cool stickers, uh, and I wanted to do a, a logo that was actually in three D. Um, so I was like on the side working on like some some three D stuff for that project, and through that I discovered a really amazing 3D artist that also has a Patreon where he teaches a lot of his techniques. So uh, their name is uh, Vincent Schwenk, and uh, their 
so talented. I'll have a link in the show notes for people who want to check it out. Uh, their work is absolutely incredible. It's so inspiring. It's sort of this blend between graphic design and 3D work. Um, and it's just absolutely mesmerizing at least for me and so uh i've subscribed to their their patreon uh it's uh very like well worth it to learn a lot of the techniques and a lot of the 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 tips and and different like ways of thinking about how to go about creating like a 3d scene um and i find it to be very design driven that it's not just like creating a thing but how do you create composition for a scene how do you think about like the different materials how do you think about like color and and how it works with your scene uh and then layer on a bunch of things that you need to think about with 3d where it's like you need to think a lot about photography what is your framing what is your lighting what is your there's a lot of that there's modeling there's dynamics there's a ton a ton a ton so if you're the kind of person who loves learning about new things and you're interested about 3d i think this is a really good place to start so i'll have links in the show notes you can see their website and the patreon um and it's been really good so yeah really enjoy it cool cool stuff uh i can go next and i'll let our guest uh, finish us off <laughs> uh my recommendation this week is the bo burnham's inside outtakes it's both, uh, not movie, I mean, it's an hour long, but it's on YouTube. Um, it's just like Inside is both the, the video, the, the special, but also they've uh, both released all the tracks, all the songs as like an album. So if you watch it and then all these songs, super catchy, they stick. And then if you're like me, you just listen to the soundtrack <laughs> forever. Um, but it was fascinating, two, two aspects to it. So again, this is outtakes. So it's a mix of like behind the scenes of recording the special inside, but also like other songs that didn't make the cut, right? And both are fascinating in its own way. First, the 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 discarded songs that it didn't you know didn't make the special genius, like super funny, incredible in its own way. Like wow, this is the these are your scraps. Like this is. <laughs> incredible uh there's uh this one song in particular uh, about a chicken um which is the most beautiful tragic sad but beautiful song about why the chicken crossed the road um it's incredible but also then all the behind the scenes it was fascinating to see a little bit like the process and to see like at this point he does this uh, quite a few times in where you see like superimposed in a screen, like him starting a take. So like you see all the takes at the same time in the screen, let's say 20 takes all playing at the same time. And then as soon as like he stops a take or it goes wrong or something, they slowly disappear from screen. So you see like 30 takes in all of the errors and like where he stops. Um, and even like you could see him explore some ideas. And I, as I'm watching this, someone who considers inside like a masterpiece really um i see some of these like early iterations and i'm like that's not good you know like this like he hasn't he didn't get it like he hasn't got it yet at at this point which is as a somehow creative person uh this creative work every once in a while it's refreshing and important to see that you know 
it's messy. It's probably bad until it's good, right? And it's it's a good reminder that like even something like like who I consider <laughs> a genius and this this work is genius, it's bad until it's genius, right? <laughs> so it was really cool. Still very funny. Uh, he's still a comedian. At the end of the day, like you know, you're gonna laugh. Um, and it's free on YouTube. All the outtakes. So that's my recommendation. That went long. Joey, finish us off. Yeah, sure. I love both of those. Um, mine's a simple one, but it's one that I've actually had a lot of fun playing around with recently. Um, it's an app called uh, Effect E F F E K T. Yes. Um, and I just I just saw a tweet about it, and I I downloaded it. Looked really interesting, and then I got to know the um, the creator of it a little bit, Eric um, uh, uh, Olson O L S S O N, um, and it is. It's been awesome to use. I actually made a, a series of wallpapers um, from it and, and put them out there, um, available in AK. And what, basically, what it is is it's just generative art. And so it uh, the app provides a lot of different patterns and speeds and effects and all really like way more than I was ever expecting. Um, and I'm finding where I'm actually using it most is just before bed, <laughs> just like laying in bed on my iPad, just trying to like create something that I think would be interesting as a wallpaper for a week. Um, because I am a person who constantly changes my wallpaper. Yeah. Uh, and so it's good. You're it's a great a- inspiration and like reference <laughs> for all yeah, the new thanks. juicy wallpapers. Yeah. I, I love that stuff. And so, um, it's just been a, a really fun app to play around with. He's great. Um, there's a Mac version, an iPad version and an iPhone version. Uh, well, if anything, it's just pretty incredible to see what um, one developer can create in this this sort of area as far as uh, generative art. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So the app, again, is called uh, Effect, E-F-F-E-K-T, um, and it's a lot of fun. It's very, um, I don't know, it's very peaceful. It's very like it's a yeah. mindful activity almost just to go in and play around with uh, with some designs. This is awesome. I saw they use it to, to make those wallpapers. Looking oh, cool. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to put links in the show notes, of course. Uh, I am feeling a bit bad only bringing this up at the end. I guess we were just very excited to talk about uh, all the dub dub stuff. <laughs> but Joey, I think we should tell people uh, that you've been working, uh, you started working a while back already on the new version of your iOS kit Yeah, uh, for Figma. Yeah, uh, thanks. iOS 16. Um, How's that project going? It's good. It's been, uh, honestly, it's a lot of fun. Um, I started, so for, let's see, I started with iOS 13 and now we're on 16. Um, so a few years now and, uh, every year I'm just trying to add more and more system components to it and things to really help any designer sort of get started with designing for iOS. Um, the reason that this project has been special is there's not an official iOS kit for Figma. Um, and I don't suspect there will be one anytime soon. And so, I'm just trying to add as many things as I can and really trying to take advantage of um, lots of like Figma native features. And so I started on the kit back in uh, late March, early April. And it wow. was interesting because I, I started, you know, organizing things and adding a few things. And then config happened, which is Figma's yearly conference. Um, and there were a lot of new features added through that conference, such as component properties. And so I did some refactoring and, you know, updated everything to, to take advantage of that. And now that iOS 16 is here, um, I feel like I've got my work cut out for me to update things. But I'm really hoping to uh, share it pretty soon um, based on what I saw today and then try to iterate on it. And so 
Yeah, it's kind of a community sort of supported project. Um, I've been putting it out there for free. Um, anyone can grab it. And uh, it's been a lot of fun to sort of maintain and to work on. It's kind of like digital gardening um, <laughs> in the sense of just just tinkering, you know, day by day, night by night, um, just to, to sort of add the things that, that I feel like would be helpful for anyone. It's it's a perfect, I don't, I don't even want to call it a side project because I, somehow I feel like that. I take the risk of lessening the work, but it's like, it's a perfect project in where um, it's really filling a, a void in the community and providing real value for a lot of people. And sometimes those voids can be filled with, I don't know, half-assed, whatever, you know, and then that's kind of good enough. But the work you put in is like so such good quality, uh, reliable. Like I trust your work just so much. Thanks. And, you know, I think not just me, you have a lot of downloads and a lot of people do use <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, yeah. You put it out for free. Um, and also, I feel like it's um, not so much for, for us using it, but pro- potentially for you creating it. Like, you work on the design system team at Twitter. Like, it's mm-hmm. creating this type of work is really like your craft. It's, you're probably also learning a lot, I assume, from from doing this. Um so it's yeah. just it's just I love it. It's just like you, you you do make the world a better place by by creating Thanks. this this stuff for us. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it, it's funny because um I like with the iOS 15 kit I've I've probably put like 30 different updates out there. Um wow. and in one of the updates I created the I recreated the keyboard um and of all the places not to make a typo, I made a typo on the keyboard oh, and no. so I had like two A's <laughs> I think. And that was funny because I caught a few examples out there of um, designers using that keyboard and not noticing, and then oh. it was sort of like a <laughs> sort of like an Easter egg that only I noticed. But, um, but yeah, I really appreciate you saying that. It's definitely you know hundreds of hours of work and uh, a lot of fun, and it's one of those things where you just find some free time and, and work here and, and find some free time and work there. And so I'm I'm especially excited and have been looking forward to WWDC for a long time now uh, just to put this out there. So uh, yeah. stay tuned. So you're gonna release it. We're not gonna to have to wait until the public launch of iOS 16, right? No, or, honestly, or? this is ambitious of me, but um, maybe I shouldn't even say it. But uh, <laughs> if all goes well, maybe maybe this week, um, because this week. There, while there is <laughs> well, while there is a lot, while there is a lot new, um, there also isn't a lot that has changed, right? And being able to, or basically starting this project back in March has given me a lot of time to, to do a lot of things that I had wanted to do. Um, and so it was fun last year. I put out the iOS 15 kit on Tuesday. Uh, WWDC was on Monday. And so oh I don't know if I'll God. be that fast this year. Um, but Please don't. <laughs> There's no <laughs> For everyone's need. Sake, there's no rush. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I love doing it, and it's, uh, it's a fun thing to sort of maintain. It's incredible. And uh, also, I want to... Uh, let people know that they should super follow you on Twitter because oh, yeah, been, thanks. I've, uh, I'm a super follower. And, yeah. Uh, it's great. You've been sharing uh, more behind the scenes and more thoughts about, you know, while yeah. you're uh, assembling this, this kit than maybe you yeah. on for the, for the, for the peasant followers, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's, it's, um, I tried out super follows as, as basically a way to just share sort of more in progress work. Um, and uh, it's a small community, but it, it's also kind of nice just to share, you know, 
work in progress and not worry too much about um, what I'm putting out there when I'm putting things out there. And um, hopefully it's been uh, a good use of your, your money, Rafa. It's buying me some coffee, <laughs> yeah. so I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate the support. Uh, and lastly, uh, your Substack, your newsletter. Oh, yeah. Um, also, a lot of uh, value in that. Uh, it's a great Thanks. resource for me. Uh, just today, I was uh, doing some... Um, some work in Figma, whatever. I was creating yeah. a bunch of new components and I got stumped. I was like, wait, how do you add a new variant? Where's the button? Um, like, wait, oh, right. There's like new stuff to components. Yeah. And then like, wait, wait, should I add a new variant or should I add the thing? Confused. So what do I do? Let me go check. I know that Joey just posted a new, a new, a new article, a new, a new newsletter, uh, talking a little bit of how you've been using these new features in your, you know, in your UI kit thing so that's also super valuable and um people should should subscribe yeah thanks also share um, cool wallpapers yes that's uh if anything that is the one resource <laughs> yeah. or the one <laughs> the one value of uh subscribing to that so um yeah i talk a lot about figma i try to introduce a little bit about myself in those but uh mostly figma and mostly wallpapers so if that's your thing um hopefully this could help it's gotta be your thing listening to this um, <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks right, for having people. me on. We've, I had a really course. good time talking thanks to you. Thanks for joining it's us. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. It's great. You can uh, follow Joey at on Twitter at Joey Banks. Is that right? Or no? uh, there's Joey. an A in there. Joey A Banks. There's an A. Yeah. Joey A. Joey A Banks. Yeah. Links in the show notes. Whatever. You don't have to spell it. You can just tap the link. All the links in the show notes again. And you can follow us, Kevin and I, uh, this podcast on Twitter at layoutfm. Uh, it would have been at layout, but it, we had a tragic incident. Um, yeah, my God, <laughs> trying to swap accounts. It's okay. Still feel bad uh, for that layout. person. <laughs> Seriously, uh, Kevin is at Vernal Kick, and I'm at Rafahari. I just realized I switched the order that I usually do. Um, Keep it fresh and weird. exciting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so exciting. I didn't notice. People, <laughs> people are on the edge of their seat right now. Uh, yeah, our, our huge thanks uh, once again to uh, Zeppelin for sponsoring the layout again. And um, yeah, let's have fun now watching all the sessions and uh, reading all the tweets and uh, installing all the betas and regretting it later. <laughs> uh, and we'll talk to you all next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>